Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon and welcome into a Monday edition of Sports Call. My name is Brooks Childress. I am filling in today for Mr. Ryan Lavoie. is off today taking care of some family business, uh, some personal business uh, in, in back home in Birmingham. And so he's not joining us here today. I am, though, filling in for Mr. Lavoie. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, two of the usual suspects on a Monday show, join me as well. Uh, we've got a great show coming up for you today. We've got our five at five coming up at five o'clock. We've got your phone calls on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, that five at five, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern land group. We've got best and worst of the weekend. And of course we have a nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at white claw hard seltzer to finish things off big weekend in college football. Some upsets, some, uh, some big games and big game here in Auburn is the deep South's oldest rivalry. Another chapter was written another chapter in favor of the Georgia Bulldogs, but it did not go the way a lot of people thought it was going to go this weekend. And, uh, we'll get into all of that. Of course, the Atlanta Braves wrapped up their season this weekend as well, or their, their regular season this weekend as well, tied the record for most home runs hit in a single regular season by a team and uh, they get set now for the NLDS, which starts up this weekend. They got a couple open workouts uh, scheduled for this week, so they can continue to be in game shape, ready to go uh, this weekend when they face whoever they may face in that divisional series. Uh, the Falcons on the road yesterday, losing in uh, in London to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, whether you watch the actual game or you watch the Toy Story version of it, uh, the Falcons still lost, and so we may get into some of that. We'll look around the world of college football, around the world of the SEC, uh, and we, uh, we turn our attention. Uh, of course, we'll talk about the George game, but also turn our attention to a bye week for the Auburn Tigers to uh, reset, get things ready for the second half run uh, with LSU on the horizon. We learned the start time for that one uh, will either be 6 o'clock or 6.30, and it'll either be on ESPN or the SEC Network in two weeks. And so uh, we'll see what where, what happens. But I'm Brooks Childers. Had a great weekend. Uh, didn't enjoy watching my Patriots yesterday play. But uh, what's new at this point in the season? Uh, but uh, it, how is everybody else doing this afternoon? Brant, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, man. Had a good weekend. Having a decent day so far. Um, yeah, I was uh, watching my Falcons at 8.30 in the morning and uh, got to see that travesty. So that was fun. Uh, a lot, a lot of questions about the offense, especially at the position of quarterback moving forward. Um, very interested to see how that does. Yeah, I mean, the entire day will be spent talking about Auburn, Georgia, and that's uh, as it should be. I think that there was a lot of good in this game. I think there was a lot of bad in this game. I think that the reason Auburn lost is not any one thing. I think there's plenty of blame to go around, and the reason it's close. There's plenty of there's plenty of reasons to be overjoyed. I, I think that. 
the defense continues to play really well. I think Auburn was in this game because the defense not only held Georgia to a reasonable scoring total, but you you had two turnovers, and Auburn got 14 points off of those two turnovers. That Auburn was in this game because of the way the defense played, uh, and the offense was able to take advantage of short fields. Uh, I think the game plan coming into this one, Hugh Freeze apparently had a lot more to do with the game planning in this in this week than he has had. Uh, and I think that is very clearly a good thing, uh, whether he was directly involved with play calling or not. Uh, even though Gary Danielson said at the top of the CBS broadcast that he was calling plays in this game, I don't 100% buy that, but I certainly do buy that he was more involved in the planning and, and certainly some of the calls. So uh, I, I think there's some good coaching, some bad coaching. I think there are some really good player moments and some really bad ones. Uh, I think Jarquez Hunter, this is the best he's looked uh, since he came back during the Cal game. Uh, this is the best game he's had this year by a, a wide margin. So you've got that going for you. And I think most importantly, Auburn proved they could run the ball on Georgia. And if you can run the ball on Georgia, you can run the ball on anybody. Uh, and it wasn't just explosive plays. There were moments in the game where you were averaging five yards a handoff. And it, like, if you can do that against that bunch out of Athens, you can do it against anybody. So I, I think we're going into the bye week. You know what you are now good at and you know what you are not, you can break it down very simply into Auburn is pretty good at running the ball. Auburn is pretty bad at passing it. So while, yes, you have to have the ability to throw the ball to win championships and to win the number of games that you want to to make it a successful season, I'm just not sure Auburn has that right now. Maybe they'll get it more going forward. Hugh Freeze talks about, oh, the talent gap, the talent gap, the talent gap. He said it after every week, I feel like. Uh, but and there's certainly some legitimacy to that, and I think that's why Auburn's struggling in the passing game. But I think the running game has shown that it can go it can go toe to toe with the best defenses in the country. So moving forward, I, that's what I'd like to see more of. That you focus on the bye week. What do you want to do moving forward? You self scout. You go, hey, this is what we can do. And right now, Auburn can run the ball. So I think that moving forward in this season, I'd like to see more of that. Tom, how are you this afternoon? I am good. Um... Still trying to recover from the weekend. Uh, a very, very exhausting weekend uh, at work. I did take in as much football as I can could in between uh, trying to get some semblance of sleep over the weekend. Uh, and so definitely still feeling the effects of just a very, very long and busy weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot to take away from this uh, Georgia-Auburn game. Uh, Brant pretty much summed everything up right there. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot else I could add to that except for this. When you look at the Georgia side of things, it also makes you really wonder about Georgia a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, obviously Brock Bowers, everybody knows that that dude is a dude. And there's a reason he's probably a top five NFL pick. And he showed why uh, he basically took over that team in the fourth quarter and Auburn just had no answer for it. But, uh, you know – that's what he's done to a lot of people. That That's not something that suddenly Auburn was just like, oh, hey, look, a tight end. No, he does that to everybody. And uh, that was Brock Bowers being Brock Bowers. Um, but there's a lot of questions now with Georgia. Um, I get it. It, it, was, it was a hell of an environment inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. It was very, very loud. Uh, yeah, Carson Beck was able to keep his composure there late in the game. But uh, there's definitely some – there's people definitely questioning some things with Georgia because they've, they struggled at home against South Carolina, who is a very pedestrian team. Now they've struggled here in Jordan Hare stadium against a very, very pedestrian Auburn team. And so it, it really kind of makes you wonder a little bit about Georgia, uh, on the Auburn side of things. Yeah. Uh, they're a running team and they're going to have to be a running team. 
the the passing is it's just not there. Uh, and to me, I I want to see it get better, but I you know I'm very disappointed in it because I I just I really had this thought that Peyton Thorne could come in here and actually breathe some passing life into this offense. And it feels like we're doing the same things that we were doing with Robbie Ashford, which then also begs the question is like, you know, who do you actually stick with? Now, Grant, I know Peyton Thorne was your leading rusher uh, with, with 92 net yards, 60 that came on one run. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be a running team, and again, this is things that you got to look at in the, in this this bye week. If you're going to be a true running team and if you're going to be an RPO team and just pass just when you need to, then maybe Robbie Ashford is your best bet. I don't know. Um, the, but the passing game, is just it's not there. I'm disappointed with that. Defensive-wise, uh, it, the defense is what is keeping Auburn in these games and is what keeping this team from being an epic disaster because right now the offense is just not good. And the defense, thank goodness, Thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness the defense is able to get enough stops to uh, to keep Auburn in the game. The other big thing from this game that I'll take away is third down. Third down, third down, dadgummit, third down. Holy crap, third down. I think that would put Steve – that sounds like something uh, <laughs> Wardam Steve's like, holy crap, third down. Um, Auburn, absolutely miserable in third down situations. They've been miserable in third down situations all game. Uh, they just cannot keep drives going on third down. On the flip side, Georgia was absolutely magnificent on third down uh, and especially uh, really good in third and longs, which is not, you know, I'm sitting here singing the praise of the defense, but, I mean, Georgia was really, really good on their third and longs and and Auburn, you know, just struggled to get off the field on those third down situations with them. So, uh you know, if you're Auburn, uh, especially on the offensive side of things, you've got to figure out something on, better on third down because what they're doing is not working. Uh, but so a lot of season left. You know, it, you kind of take this what it is. Uh, you did a lot better. There's a lot more positive to take away from this than negative. Uh, you were in a game with the two-time defending national champion. I don't like moral victories. You can kind of – Okay, hey, you hung in with them. You're a very depleted roster. You did hang in there with them. Yay, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. But they, moral victories are BS as far as I'm concerned. Go into this bye week, get what needs to be fixed, fixed. Make changes if they need to be changed. And uh, move on towards that last half of the season. Because after LSU, which I still think and now being a night game, is going to be darn near impossible to win that one. I know LSU is not playing good right now, but – Ah, man, when you're Auburn, you just don't go into a night game in Baton Rouge and win. Even some of the best Auburn teams that they've, that we have seen struggle in Baton Rouge, especially at night. But uh, after that, they're very winnable games, but they've got to get some things fixed before you can get to that. You know, the thing that's most concerning about the, the third down thing that you're talking about, I think Auburn went 2 of 12 in this game. Last week against A&M, when it was so bad, you were thinking, well, yeah, the third down numbers are really bad. They're also averaging 12 yards to go on third down. That was right. the that was the bigger issue. This week, I, I don't know what the exact number was, but you had several third and manageable opportunities. You were not in. Right. You were not stuck in third and forever for the entire game. You the the sequence down near uh, the student section where Auburn had a third and one, and then a, then went for it on fourth and one. I, I was not pleased. I, I was none too happy with the decision making on that. Well. I was happy with the decision to go for it on fourth down. I think that was the right call. Uh, I did not like the plays that were called. I understand that there was a, a botched snap 
on that fourth and one. I still don't think he. I, I don't think that's a first down with a perfect snap. I think Georgia just blew that up because they knew it was coming. Uh, inside zone, very predictable at certain points. And I, I keep going back to you. Auburn has shown that it has a quarterback sneak. If it's third and one, and you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, I. <laughs> This is kind of caveman brain, but push. just 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 QB sneak it two times in a row. If you can't get a if you can't get a yard push in two quarterback sneaks, then you really don't deserve to win the game. And Auburn's offensive line has been pretty good, just running it straight up the middle this year. But uh, you know, just just push, like Brooks said. Uh, the other thing, watch, watch the Eagles on Sunday. There was one other oh. thing. Um, gosh, I can't remember what it was. Go ahead, Brooks. Uh, well, I mean, if, if you, know, you think about it, let me know. But Saturday afternoon, Jordan-Hare Stadium, 88,043 folks joined, uh, walked in to a 2.39 kickoff. Here's how the uh, following three hours and seven minutes went for the Auburn Tigers and Georgia Bulldogs. First quarter was Auburn. Alex McPherson hit a 27-yard field goal to go up 3 nothing. Then it would be Jarquez Hunter with a five-yard running score to make it 10 to nothing. A grown man run, by the way. It, that was a great run by Jarquez. It was. Uh, then the second quarter was all the Georgia Bulldogs. Dejon Edwards would take it in from two yards out to make it 10-7. to And then Peyton Woodring, their uh, kicker for Georgia this year, would tie the game up with about five minutes to play in the uh, first half, sending it to 10-10 to at the half. Auburn would come out scoring in the second half following a turnover. Yep. By the first Jordan, first play of the game, Marcus Harris punched it out from behind. Great play. Robbie Asher would take that in from nine yards out. Uh, respond. The Georgia Bulldogs would respond with another day, John Edwards, this time from 13 yards out. And the fourth quarter would be back and forth, but only one score for Auburn. Peyton Woodring for Georgia would hit a field goal to put them up 20-17. to Alex McPherson would answer for Auburn to make it 20-20. to and then it was Brock Bowers, the big 40-yard passing touchdown from Carson Beck. That would be the difference in the ballgame, 27-20. Auburn fall, fell to 3-2 and two on the year, 0-2 oh in the conference. Georgia, 5-0 and oh on the year, 2-0 and oh in conference play. Auburn, as we talked about, gets ready for their bye week coming up, and then after that takes on LSU. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs return home, and they get to face a very feisty Kentucky team. And we'll talk about that game a little bit later on uh, in this one. Brent, you got one more thing before we go to break? Yeah, well, I, I just kind of had a thought here. The fourth quarter was so weird. I wonder, because, you know, Brock Bowers got absolutely locked up for the first three quarters of that game. He was like four catches for 20-something yards. For, for him, that is a very mediocre performance. Yeah. Mm. And then in the fourth quarter, four catches for 130 yards and a, and the game-winning touchdown. I would love to know if that was more a factor of Auburn's defense getting tired or some play, some changes that were made in the defensive scheme or if it was Mike Bobo just suddenly deciding to use the best player on the field, perhaps the best player in all of college football. Uh, I, I don't know. That was, a, that was a weird thing that they held him down for so long uh, and then he just exploded in the fourth quarter because I, I, it's probably a combination of the two. Uh, I haven't gone back. I haven't looked at the film. I don't. I don't know what the defensive scheming was. I'm probably not going to go back and look at the film on this, but uh, probably because I don't have access to it. But <laughs> you too, man. And just, just an interesting. Just interesting that they held. They played so well against the best player. Uh, I, I'm going to call him the best player in college football because I think he is the best player in college football. Held him down for three quarters, and then all of a sudden he just exploded. Well, when um, uh, there was a play that I I remember, I can't remember the court what court it was in, but uh, and I'm wondering if it had an effect. But Georgia hit a long pass play uh, to a wide receiver, but the reason that guy got wide, so wide open is because they kind of faked yeah. one two Bowers, drew everybody I, up, drew everybody play, up yeah. to him, and the receiver came in behind him yeah. for a really long gain. 
that makes me wonder if then they had to kind of start readjusting some things, maybe not just sell out on Brock Bowers, and then that allowed him to get free. Uh, you know, there's a possibility of that. Uh, I, but I also do think that the the defense is just going to get tired. I mean, when, you're, when your offense just cannot put long, you know, sustained drives together to give you a chance to stay off the field a little bit, that you are going to wear out. You're, you're going to lose your legs. Uh, and that's kind of what that felt like on that game-winning touchdown to Brock Bowers. That looked like a tired defense. Um, you know, that dude is good, but that looked like weak leg tackles. That looked like tired attempted tackles. And a dude that big and that good is just going to break right through that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think it's a combination of both. I think uh, Mike Bobo saw something that they could use to uh, get him open. And, you know, when you're tired and you're that big up against tired dudes, then you can just run through them like Brock was doing. Seven-point loss to the Georgia Bulldogs, the defending national champions, was the result of the Deep South Oldest rivalry on Saturday. We'll talk more about that. We'll get to the orthopedic clinic phone line. I got so I got a I got a full sheet of positives to take away or positive things that happened during that game for Auburn right here. We'll get to that in a little bit, and then of course, uh, like I said, more of your phone calls coming up on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. SEC football as well. Some big games this weekend across the conference. Big games across the country. We'll talk about all that right after this. May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. The Auburn Tigers scored 20 points on Saturday against the top team in the country, the back-to-back defending national champions. And that means Auburn football has scored in 134 consecutive games. That is the second longest streak in school history. That is from the uh, Sports Information Department at Auburn University. Is that one of the positives That's that you wrote down? That's one of the positives from this weekend. Mm. Auburn has scored in 134 consecutive football games. We second are, longest streak in school history. We might be scraping the bottom of the barrel just a little bit. <laughs> I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Join me on this Monday edition of Sports Call. I am filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoie. And we are now going to get set to go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line for the first time today. All of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We'll start things off with the man that I'm sure has a lot to say today about after this loss. It is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joining us on the phone line, the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Good afternoon, Brooks. It's Tom Peavy and Cam. Yes, sir. Well, the best I come up with for today's intro is from the late Coach Pat Dye. There are going to be lots of days when you lay your guts on the line. You come away empty-handed. 
There ain't a damn thing you can do about it. We go back and lay them on the line again and again and again. I'm glad, though, as he said, to be associated with you, meaning the team. I'm, I'm really, guys, uh, it was a heartbreaker. Uh, in fact, I read our, after the, uh, the game was over on 247, some of the comments from the players in the locker room uh, said some of them uh, were in tears. Uh, but Asante said it best. He said, we were going to win the game. He said, we knew we were going to win the game. He said, we should have won the game. He's right, except for one, one person. And you mentioned his name earlier, Tom. Bowers. Yep. Without Bowers, they lose the damn game. Yep. Without without they their best player, they probably are not as good, yes. Yeah. Just like without Cam Newton, Nick Fairley, we probably would not have gone to the National Championship game. That's right. So, uh, now, I, I heard, I think, Cam, you're trying to make sense of... Uh, it's, you know, uh, you, uh, Steve, it's Brent today. It's Brent. I'm sorry, Brent. Uh, Brent. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't figure this out because the staff said, we... We covered that guy for eight or nine yards in the first half, and then, wow, it just uh, it just fell apart in the second half. Now, I think one of the reasons, at least from what I'm, you tell me if you agree or not, but we were missing Mr. Jalen Simpson in the second half for pretty much the game, were we not? I didn't see Simpson go off. I didn't think he got hurt. Yeah, he they, he they, got it. He got it. He played the first half. I know he got an interception in the first half. No, I was reading earlier. And in fact, I was reading something. Yeah, he didn't play very much in the second half because he because they were bandaging up uh, one of his legs. Uh, he did. Yeah, he had a, a bruised calf. That's what it was. And yeah, he, then, he he had a boot on in the in the post game presser when he walked in. He got he said he got stepped on. Yeah. So anyway. So without him playing very much the second half, I guess that may have been it. And then somebody, I guess, uh, is it Coach Roberts? He our defensive coordinator. Yeah, Ron Roberts. Yes, Ron Roberts. Yeah, uh, apparently someone he follows Twitter uh, or X now. Uh, who said, you know, how in the world were we not, you know, um, how we were letting, you know, Bowers wide open? And he he said we weren't covering him. And Ron Roberts responded. I don't know if you saw his comment. He says. What game were you watching? Uh, but again, <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to ask you too. You know, how in the heck was he wide open in that touchdown uh, pass that he just went? Was it thirty some yards, right? Forty yards. Forty yards. Forty yards. What happened in that play, guys? Well, it, it, for for one thing, I'm I'm not real happy about coaches re- uh, trying to respond to random people right. on Twitter. I, I'm 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 not real happy with the the thin skin that Ron Roberts is showing off right there. I, I you know I understand defending yourself, but. I think if you're going to be a if you're going to be a coordinator in, in big time college football, you're going to have some critics, and you got to learn to ignore them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that's a kind of a question that Auburn was searching for too. How in the world did this dude get wide open? But like Tom said earlier, it's not like this kid is an unknown, and he's just never had a big game until now. But Brock Bowers has been one of the best players in college football for a long time. Well, for uh, he was certainly last year, and and is again this year. Um, and you know this that kid. That kid's done that to a lot of teams, and if the if the book on defending him was out there, I'm I'm sure Auburn would have done something different. I understand that. Again, though, my question is, how was he that wide open in the middle of the field? Uh, our guys were somewhere else. I don't know. And then the, the attempts at tapping him were just woeful. I mean, he, they're just grabbing yeah. him. And he, like like Tom like Tom said, he's he's 260 pounds. Those guys are a lot lighter than he is, and they were very tired because they'd been on the field all day. Yeah, I I'm sure. Well. Uh, I saw a lot of positive from it. I'm sure you guys, uh, hopefully, you saw the same thing. However, however, again, we cannot get 100 yards passing, 92 yards passing. 
Yeah, it was, it was very close. You know, you, you look at Peyton Thorne's numbers on the day, uh, at least from passing, 10 of 19, uh, and then you, you look at it, six of those, if you go back and watch the film, six of those incompletions hit the receiver's hands. Well, do you want to name them? Like how one, you know, I love Jarquez, but damn, man, hold on the ball. You get a first down, probably another 15 yards, right? Yeah. Okay, and then another person, I've got his name now, uh, he threw it right at him, but he didn't even turn around. Hit him in the back. Oh, yeah. Who's the, that person? Um, oh, gosh, I don't remember. I, I know. Or something, Martin or something? It's with an M. I know exactly which play you're talking about, but I, I just don't remember what who it was that was running and didn't turn and then around. Then Johnson, a sure hand. He, he doesn't have, hold on to the ball. Yeah, it, uh, like I said, six of those nine incompletions hit, either hit a, a wide receiver's hands or they had a chance to catch it. So what was that 50-50 uh, pass in the end zone? I thought maybe it might be. I thought they called pass interference because he was all over him. Remember that play in the end zone for a touchdown and um, couldn't come up with it? Yeah. Who's that? Uh, I, I thought for sure that might be a pass interference, but uh, no. And then uh, I want to get your report card grades, guys. I'll give you mine. All right. Uh, for the offense, I give the offense a B. I was struggling between a B minus and a B. Uh, I may be giving it too much credit. Maybe I should say it was a B minus because those receivers still were, were not catching passes they should have. Um, and sometimes I think our throw was uh, sacked, what, three times or four times? Uh, three times, I believe. Yeah. And then those high snaps. And like you said, Brent, oh, come off. What are you doing? You know, uh, fourth. And injured, you can't make it. You can't get a fourth, what, less than a half yard, wasn't it? It was, it, it was about, it was, a, it was just under a full yard, yeah. Gee, but then third and one, we couldn't make it. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I was not happy with the play calls on that third and one and that fourth and one. I, I didn't, I didn't like going under center and trying to run a stretch when you need, when you need a yard. Like I said, just you've shown that you have a quarterback sneak in the playbook. Just run it, and if you don't want to run it with your quarterback because you're scared you'll get him hurt. Teach a teach a tight end how to teach take an under center snap. It's a much easier for your why, offensive why line. Why in the middle? Everybody's thinking in the middle. Give it, well, Steve. Uh, Steve on third back. and Steve on third and one. They tried to go outside and Georgia found it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I didn't like the stretch call on third and one. All right. Uh, why do you not put in uh, Ashford there? Instead, you take him out and put in Thorn. I'm getting I'm getting kind of disturbed by the rotation at quarterback as well. I understand Robbie has a role in this team, but. I, I don't like take I don't like putting him in for one play and then taking him back out. If you're going to run him in the red zone, let him run the red zone offense. Um, I I don't know. I think there's a time and a place, and I I think there's a management to it. There's a balance, and right now Auburn's just not striking the balance very well. Oh, I agree, and I'm very very impressed by uh, our running back, Mr. Badney. Uh, uh, I mean, the guy has a way of just finding holes where I didn't see a hole. Uh, you guys. I think he's going to supplant uh, maybe uh, Austin or and Jeremiah Cobb. Did he play very much? Jeremiah Cobb played, but he didn't play. Hey, I don't think he had any carries. Mm-hmm. He was on the field a little bit, but I, I think that Demari Austin is hurt. If you remember in the Texas A and M game, he uh, he caught that pitch that what st- everyone thought was a fumble turned out to be an incomplete pass, uh, and he came off kind of holding his arm. I, I think he's out with a wrist or a collarbone or something okay. that's that's well, not hurt. I'm- so he didn't play at all. Well, I read this this afternoon that apparently it looked good that he's going to be ready to be playing for the LSU game. I don't know if you read that. I have not seen that anywhere, but if you yeah, read it, then, you know. progress. He was on 247 Sports. Okay. Uh, but that is really, really impressive. I mean, he doesn't go down. Uh, so let me go continue to report card grading. Defense, I give them 
a, uh, a B minus. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. I, I give the defense a B plus. Um, I, I think that in three of the four quarters they played really well, and in the fourth quarter, I mean, it's kind of what we saw against Texas A and M. They kind of just ran out of gas towards the end. Okay, the reason I give a B minus, I make one of the B, because what what are you doing? Eight of thirteen third downs they let damn Georgia do. Eight of thirteen. Yeah, and then you know we Hugh Freeze talked That's what about I'm going it. With. Hugh, Hugh Freeze talked about the third downs. Tom, you mentioned the third downs a little bit earlier. Both sides of the ball for Auburn, you know, 8 of 13, you gave up on defense, and then 2 of 12 is what you're converting on offense. It, that's that's just not the winning football. Is you, you've got to, on offense, you got to stay on the field on third downs. Defense, you've got to get off the field on third downs. And you know, some of those third downs that we let Georgia get, they were not gimmies. They were like Mm-mm. 7 to 10 yards that they had to make. Yeah, third and, uh, and third and longs a lot, a lot of times. So that's why. I gave them the, the grade I gave them, uh, Brent, on defense. You know, yeah, I love they played their hard I think hard that's time. fair. Uh, but, but, Brent, you know, you just can't go 8-13 and expect the number one team uh, not to beat you. You, you let them keep making those third downs. Uh, that's that's what's going on. Uh, special teams, I give them an A. What do you think? Special teams looks really good outside of one long return that they gave up, and right after that long return they, they had a – McPherson just kind of booted out of the back of the end zone. To that, I say, why not just do that from the beginning? I hope they do that from now on. McPherson's got the leg to put it through the back and just go touchback every time. I think that's the right that's the right idea. But other than okay. that, I think the special teams did play pretty well. Oscar Chapman's co- a dude. Coaching staff, what, what grade you give them? Coaching staff, I B minus B. It depends. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I haven't gone back and analyzed every single decision, but there are some parts where I go, okay, yeah, they did pretty well here, and there are some parts where I'm going, yeah, I would have done something different on that part. Okay. Who do you give helmet stickers to on offense? Uh, Robbie Ashford and Jarquez Hunter, probably, yeah. considering they scored the touchdowns. Okay. Well, what about Batty? Brian Batty? I I thought Batty played well. Robbie Batty, yeah. Uh, hold on. Do we have four, four yards per carry. Yeah, yeah, four yards carry. That's solid. It's not bad. He's very. He's. I think Batiz a weapon. Eight, yeah. I. I don't know if he's an every down weapon, but as a third down back, a, a pass catcher out of the backfield. I've said. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it. I don't want him running up the middle more than four or five times a game, just to show that like, hey, we're willing to run this guy up the middle. But I, I think his role is as a pass catcher out of the backfield and in returning kicks. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to score a touchdown at some point, but I don't think he's an every down back. He's just he's little. Not- he's 160 pounds. Wow, that's okay. Well, he's even better than I thought of it for that weight. Uh, what? Um, who? Uh, who do you give help six to on defense? Uh, Jalen Simpson and Marcus Harris. I think J- Jalen Simpson prevented a touchdown from Brock Bowers. Uh, excuse me, prevented Brock Bowers from scoring a touchdown early in the first half. Also had the pick. Marcus Harris played the game of his life and and got a forced fumble out of it. He was really good all game, uh, and those are the guys that stood out most to me. Okay, I agree with both those two. I would also have included Asante. Yeah, okay. Asante. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, played, I, he, he played his butt off too. Yeah. Um, I was telling Brooks before um, the show came on that uh, it's too bad that since Cam was there, we couldn't have got him in. You know, and <laughs> no one would have known it. Maybe had just disguised him in there. Yeah, put a little face mask, one of those dark yeah. face masks on him. Did y'all see him? Uh, uh, he was there. I think I guess during the pregame, I saw the video where he was got a megaphone and uh, got into the student section. Yeah, he was he was having a, having time. He had all his kids out there too. And uh, so Charles was there as well. And then Brooks, you said uh, uh, the the big hurt was there. Frank Thomas was there. Yeah. Suni Lee was there. It was a uh, it was really a who's who of Auburn athletes. So, 
So, hey, so, hey Steve. Overall, guys, uh, do you think we're turning the corner yet, or do we just have the corner? I think this is. I think the bye week is a crossroads. I think yeah. either you have shown, hey, we have a we have a better team than we expected to have. We can analyze the things that we did well. We know what things we aren't doing well. We're going to lean more into the good things. That's what Auburn has done in the bye week historically. If Auburn goes into LSU and just gets hammered, then I, I think that you have gone the wrong way at the crossroads. Yeah. Okay, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a crossroads, uh, and we'll see if they make um, some changes. Uh, you know, if they decide that this – if their identity is going to be a running team, primarily running team, I, I, it makes me wonder if Ashford might be the guy going forward. Because um, you have Thorne in there thinking that it's going to be the passing attack that, that he's going to add to it. Well, it hasn't. And Ashford is the more dangerous runner out of those two. So if that's going to be your identity, then maybe Ashford needs to be your guy. Um, so, um, but the biggest thing is the, the, to heal some of the guys, the bumps and bruises that are going on, get some of these guys healed up, and, and get ready for the for the long part of the season. Because I mean, we're still early in the year. And now we're getting a bye week. Um, the rest of the it's 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 brutal the rest of the way. So you need to try to get healed up and. You know, kind of rest up, make some changes as you find them. Um, Steve, though, one thing I wanted to tell you um, while you were talking, I was sitting here watching the uh, the game, the Brock Bowers touchdown play, and basically, uh, I can tell you what happened there is Georgia just drew up. Mike Bobo drew up the the right play at the right time for the coverage. Um, so at snap, uh, Bowers goes upfield, and eighty four, who was on the outside, cut in behind him, so they crossed. Well, then that put the linebacker who was on Bowers coming up to cover the receiver. And then three, our cornerback, uh, then has to go into coverage on on Bowers. But by that time, Bowers has inside leverage on him so he can cut inside. The two deep safeties are dropping back. So basically, the entire middle of the field was wide open. And that little cross that, that uh, Bowers and the wide receiver did pulled a linebacker up. And then he had position on the quarterback to, to cut to the middle of the field and it was wide open so it wasn't that they just didn't guard him georgia actually did something very smart right there to kind of get a guy out of place and then that freed bowers up to have inside leverage on a cornerback and a wide open middle of the field because the middle linebacker is having to take advantage of a or is having to uh zone in on a running back coming through so there you go okay and then i don't think anybody else could do it. he makes twice one-handed catches, right, guys? You saw that. He's good. Yeah, one, he, one he, of them. One of them was called back, but yeah. Again, this is this is one of, if not the best player in all of college football. He does stuff like that weekly. Okay, so about moving on, guys. About Georgia, I will say this: I haven't heard from Jeff. You're welcome to come on this week, Jeff. But uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, as far as I'm concerned, my observations: uh, Georgia is not the best college football team uh, this year. They're not. Uh, they're very, very beatable, and. I'll say this right now. If Georgia wins the national championship, I will personally run naked down Peach Street Street. Yeah. I, I'll say this. They, they, they look vulnerable. Um, my question right now is, who in the SEC is going to beat them? Because I, they're still, while they don't look like the powerful Georgia team of the past two years, the SEC just looks very weak this year. So I don't see anybody well, on their huh? schedule that, that, that is going to beat if them. We, if we can almost beat them, Surely, and we don't have any five-star players compared to probably LSU, 
or to Alabama, come on now, surely. Uh, we're not as many, but Auburn's got some blue chip recruits. Yeah. Let's not let's not act like Auburn's just in the dregs. Their roster's not great, but they still have some really good players. Well, I'd say probably they got three to four times more high four star players than uh, Auburn has on this roster. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, really, though, when you look at the rest of Georgia's schedule, at Tennessee is really the toughest they've got left. Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, man, Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky. Kentucky's Kentucky's good. I don't. The yeah. thing, the thing about Georgia is they might be the best team in college football. They just don't play like it until the second half. They're they're such a slow starting team, and this is really the first week that it's kind of come back to bite them. And this is what I was actually going to say earlier. I remembered now, uh, but I think Georgia's really good. They just start so slow. Yeah. And if they, if they can ever figure out how to string four quarters together, I think they'll yeah. look like the dominant team that they have in the past couple of years. But if they keep if they keep not playing until the second half starts, then yeah, some, they're going to slip up, and someone that they are more talented than is going to beat them. The, the Steve, the one, and I, I sit at Tennessee, uh, but actually the week before that uh, they host Ole Miss. And if Ole Miss's offense keeps playing at the level they are, then that's going to give Good Georgia Lord. a lot of trouble because that Lord. offense is is clicking on all cylinders right now. But we also saw well, that Ole Miss team against a, t- a defense like the Kirby Smart uh, defense true. in Alabama, and they absolutely got shut down. Uh, so. That's true. Yeah, uh, I saw that uh, um, LSU uh, has nothing to brag about when it comes to their defense, but I read just earlier today on the Internet, uh, Greg McElroy says uh, that Kentucky and Georgia is going to be a war and that Georgia better watch out. I think it'll be a I think it'll be a tough game. Certainly much tougher than that matchup usually is. And I'm kind of surprised, but have you seen the the line is 14 and a half Georgia over Kentucky? You see that? It's interesting. That doesn't surprise me. Is that in Lexington? No, it's in Athens. It's in no, Athens. It's in Georgia. Um, okay. It, it doesn't surprise me because of the way that you know Kentucky's undefeated. And yes, they beat Florida this past weekend, but if you look look at the back at how they won those games against teams that they they beat. It's not been pretty. It's been it's it's been you know pr- kind of disappointing for an undefeated team, kind of like Georgia. It's it's been really disappointing of how how what the scores have been. Okay, well I'm going to be interested in seeing you know what Kentucky comes up with. And then speaking of holy crap, uh, Tom, yes. holy crap, because <laughs> my son uh, got a degree from Southern Cal, and he said I can't pick. He said I can't pick that uh, a winning team. Neither Auburn nor Southern Cal. He says, I'm giving up. Uh, that game should have been over. And then I go back and, and see what's going on. Well, what the crap happened with their defense in the fourth quarter? Southern Cal's defense is very unserious. They are <laughs> they are real bad. Uh, and they've been bad all year. And that's I, it's kind of a staple of Lincoln-Riley teams. We talked about it a little bit earlier. If you're an offensive coach, you're not worried about the defense. As a head coach, you hire a defensive coordinator and let him do his thing and say, call me if you need me. But, uh, yeah, Southern Cal's defense is not good. Uh, and, and to the credit of Colorado, they've got a really good offense. They've got some dudes on offense, uh, including at quarterback. But, yeah, that was, just, that was a really weird, almost crumbling by USC. And holy crap, number two, guys, UCF. Yeah. Oh, Cushmell's on. Did it again, didn't he? That was, that worse, was worse than brutal, he ever has. Brutal way to lose football game. Well, no, because – I've never twenty point lead over damn LSU. That's true. Yeah, but it wasn't it was when he gave up twenty six in the fourth. That was that was worse than what he did against LSU. Well, okay, but uh, this was not an LSU level team though. No, it was but, not. Oh my gosh! I said, Ooh. okay, um, and guys, I read real quickly that uh, Mr. Belichick is supposedly on the hot seat according to Bleacher Report. What do you guys think? 
I don't think Brooks. he's on the hot seat, uh, but you, you something's got to got you. You've got to start evaluating some stuff uh, with your, with, especially with your offense, because either Mac Jones is not going to get the job done, or you got to get some weapons around him. And you you saw him be successful at Alabama, and he had good weapons around him, and it, that may be the problem is that he just doesn't have any any top level talent around him at at uh, at New England. It's it feels like. You you know you Bill Belichick is trying to outsmart the room uh, and it's it's not working now. And guys, his record I didn't know this since Brady left is what twenty six and twenty eight. Yeah, not good, not, not good, good at, all. at all. Remember, we used to ask ourselves, or at least the pundits, is it Brady or is it Belichick? Now we know the definitive answer, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I'm still not going to say that Bill Belichick sucks and Tom Brady is really good. I think that Belichick hasn't had a really good quarterback since Brady left, and I don't think you can well, win in the NFL without a good. Who's fault is that, though, Brent? Well, he, he is. Yeah, coach. I mean, yeah, he is. But he's, also, you can't just run into Tom Brady's. Right. I, I mean, well, they they got they thought they thought Mac Jones was going to be it, but I mean, yeah. obviously, he's not. He's he's been mm-hmm. regressing. Again, I think. Again, it, it's well. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me be the Patri- Patriots Patriots fan. Oh, yeah, Patriots fan. Go for defender. it. Go for it. Last year, you had a defensive two. Uh, you had a defensive coach and a special teams coach as your offensive coordinators. Yeah, right? you now did. you've got you now now you've got Bill O'Brien back, and he's you know he's working on it. The thing, like I said, the thing is, is Mac Jones. You saw him at Alabama. You saw him have good. Uh, you you saw him uh, be good at Alabama. He had weapons around him. If you can get better weapons around him, Mac Jones can still be the guy. It's just you've got to get weapons around him, and I think that's the the shortfall of Bill Belichick is he's the GM. And he, you know, he goes out there and he's he has not GM'd well on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, guys, let me give your um, almost mid mid prediction. Do we get to seven wins? Ah, uh, I don't know. If I look at the rest of the schedule, I think I, I, I still I say the six. I count six. I I count. I think that Auburn definitely finishes with six. I still think you beat Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and New Mexico mm-hmm. State at the end of the year. Um, that Ole Miss game is intriguing. LSU, Arkansas, I don't, Arkansas. I think Arkansas wins that game, um, especially in Fayetteville. Uh, LSU, I think their offense is too good. I don't know. It's no. it's tough. It's certainly a lot more. It certainly looks a lot more likely that Auburn will get to seven or eight than it did after the Texas A and M game. So, so Steve, here, here's my thing. I predicted the beginning of the season seven wins, and so far the season has gone exactly like I said it was going to go. So until that changes, I'm sticking to my guns that Auburn will have six wins going into the Iron Bowl, and that's going to be a win over Vandy, win over New Mexico State, win over Mississippi State. I firmly believe Auburn will lose those other games. I I don't believe they'll beat uh, Ole Miss. I think their offense is too good. Trying to win uh, in Arkansas and LSU. It, it, I think Arkansas, Arkansas and, those are going to be brutal. I saw them. I saw them against so, A&M. They're yeah, awful. Well, but Auburn, Auburn is well. not very good either. So that's <laughs> just that. Um, I, I'm sticking to my guns until something changes that Auburn will have six wins going into the Iron Bowl, and then Auburn is going to upset Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Uh, I have pushed back on that idea all year. I've heard some people say that. After the way things are going, I can kind of see it. Yeah. I actually well, can. I can see it happening. I'm still not predicting it to happen. But it's it's definitely more possible than well, I thought it was. It, it it feels barring injuries and things like that that are unforeseen. I mean, we just saw an Auburn team take Georgia to the limits, uh, and you know you get Bam in here. Crazy crazier things seem to happen inside Jordan Hare Stadium with the Iron Bowl than they do the Georgia game. Um, yes, there have been some crazy things with the Georgia game. I get it, but 
I, for some reason, there's something different happens. It's some weird thing that just happens with the Iron Bowl, and Alabama is not as good as they have been the past couple of years, and so it is ripe for the picking. And uh, so it, it feels like it's all kind of falling right into place for, for my prediction. And like I said, until it changes, that's what I'm sticking to is, is a seven-win season, uh, six wins going into the Iron Bowl, and then you win the Iron Bowl to get to seven. Okay, I'll take that, Dr. Thomas. I'll <laughs> yes. take that seventh win. And finally, in baseball, guys, does Miami have a chance of uh, getting Philly? Because I don't want to see Philly play all, uh, Atlanta. It, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you you never know. I think Philadelphia right now is a better team. I think that they they should win that series. But when when Miami comes in, they're they're hot right now. When you get a hot team going to the playoffs, anything can happen. But I would still say Philadelphia's probably got the best chance to play the Braves in that NLDS. And if that were to happen, guys, it, it would just it would be just disappointing to say the least. Yeah. For Philly to undo Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah, just like last year. Okay. Guys, you give me a lot, a lot of time today, and so uh, uh, I guess I, I'm really, really way out of time. So <laughs> thank you for your time, guys. Uh, I always appreciate all your comments and rebuttals. It keeps me uh, on my toes uh, at 72. So with that said, you have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, we'll try to ramble some more, maybe make some sense, maybe tomorrow. Until then, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That War was Chad Wardam Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And that my friends, is just going about going to wrap us up here for the first hour of Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry join me today. More Auburn-Georgia talk, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, and more college football talk on this Monday following the Deep Deep South's oldest rivalry when we come back after this break with your Atlanta Braves radio network update in the middle of it. We'll return right after this for two more hours of Sports Call. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9, as well as the Tiger Communications app, our website, thetiger.fm, or if you're listening on the 
Sports Call podcast after the fact. We thank you so much for doing that as well. Uh, We have some streaming issues today with our Sports Call feed, so if you're trying to find us on that after you get out of the car or something, uh, make sure you go over to the Tiger feed, the Tiger 95.9 feed. We're also there. We stream both places, but having some problems with our Sports Call stream, our Sports Call specific stream. Uh, Hope to have those fixed very, very soon. Uh, but yeah, second hour of Sports Call starts right now. I'm Brooks Shoulders, Tom Peavy, Brent Daughtry joining me today. Ryan Lavoy off today handling some personal business this afternoon, this, today up in Birmingham, and uh, with his hometown. And so we are handling things here after the Deep South Oldest rivalry. Auburn fell to Georgia 27-20. We talked a lot about it in the first hour. We'll continue to talk a lot about it as we go along. We'll get to more college football topics as well off of the weekend. Uh, we don't do this every single day anymore, uh, but want to give a shout out. We got a lot of uh, birthdays today that are uh, sent, uh, that are localized to Auburn and Atlanta that we cover. Uh, so Auburn volleyball player Akasha Anderson celebrating her birthday today. Kyan Lee, Cash, Holden Gurner, uh, both from the Auburn football team, ho- uh, celebrating their birthdays today. Uh, Kyle Wright, pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, celebrating a birthday today, and a birthday in the sports call family. Uh, our man T.P. Hammock enjoying his 22nd birthday, uh, his Taylor Swift year. He is, in fact, he said, confirmed, feeling 22 uh, this year. So happy birthday to uh, Mr. T.P. Hammock. Uh, and so uh, a lot of birthdays today around the Auburn world, a sports call birthday as well. I don't know if I felt any older since I turned 22. I don't know. Like I feel like it the last the last on. three years. Well, like it was my my senior year in college, and since then I have moved over here, and now I'm, you know, master's degree again. Uh, I've talked about that a little bit before, but like I just so much has happened in my life, but I don't feel older. Uh-huh. I don't know. Well, maybe I look older. I need to go back and look at some pictures from back then. But well, yeah, it's been three years. I don't know about you, but TP is feeling 22. That's what he said. Taylor Swift reference. Gonna get I like here. when we Listen. beat on these things. Like yeah. it sounds good coming over microphones. It doesn't. Just, yeah, it, doesn't it doesn't sound good. Um, but much like Sunday Night Football last night, I'm going to try to fill this rest of the show with Taylor Swift references. Right. Uh, anyway, moving on. Let's go. You do uh, this around the office all the time. I just do. usually you reserve the show for like a more professional space. Eh, well, I didn't do anything today in the office saving up for the show. Ah, okay. So let's uh, let's get back on track here. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Is there not a Taylor Swift song about getting back on track? No, I don't think so. Uh, But all of our sports call callers and guests, join us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. The orthopedic clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We head back to that orthopedic clinic phone line to start hour number two, and we go to our state's capital, and it is... James from Montgomery. James joins us on the phone lines today. James, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, and War Eagle. War Eagle. I know that y'all are talking about Taylor Swift. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I I love her music. I've never seen her in concert, but I I might as well get an opportunity to... Uh, meet Taylor Swift as well. Would you consider Would you consider yourself a Swifty, James? Um, I have been called a Swifty since my high school days All right. as well. All right, that's awesome. You said you didn't. Yeah. You haven't gotten to see her in concert yet. No, I haven't. I haven't got any chance to see anybody in concert as well because I know with a lot of concerts popping up, it's a lot of female artists out there that I would like to meet in concert. Actually, um, one particular female artist I would like to meet in concert. I'm hoping my future fiance won't wring my neck for this. 
Ice Spice. I would love to meet her in concert. She's a really, really great, uh, a, a great singer, one of the best rappers in, in, in rap game history. I mean, she's an amazing person as well and really, really beautiful at that. Well, James, did you know that Taylor Swift and Ice Spice did a collab on one of her songs from her last album? Um, I think I did. I, yes, I didn't know that. Did. I really didn't know that. You didn't I might know that. Check that out. Yeah, it, it's uh, her song, Taylor Swift song, Karma. She did a she did a collab with Ice Spice, and so you should go oh. check that out. Yeah, I might as well go and check that out, and um, you know, give give it a good uh, listen as well. Absolutely. Well, James, you watch the game on Saturday. What are your thoughts from it? Um, on Saturday, it was just it, it was an amazing game. I can say that. But at the beginning of the game. Um, before the game actually started, I was I was trying to see what was the referee actually talking uh, about to uh, Robbie Ashford. I don't know what was the what was the concept between the referee and Robbie Ashford. I don't know what was I don't know what words were being exchanged before the game. Yeah, I don't know. They they're probably just having a conversation, kind of you know chatting it up a little bit before the game. Yeah, because I know um, I knew the referee was saying that Auburn was going to lose, and he I think the referee was actually betting on Georgia to win, but I'm not quite sure on that as well. Yeah, I don't know about that, but do uh, you, you like the way that Auburn's defense played on Saturday? Um, yeah, we we actually have a strong defense that played on Saturday, and uh, you know we we had some minor um, you know minor mistakes, but I think. With our bye week, that's this coming up week. Um, we just have to, we just they just have to really, um, you know, per, you know, look at the film and and just you know move forward in in the next week's game when we play against LSU because I know this is going to be a tough tough game right here. I think this game is going to be either at six o'clock or six thirty. I'm not quite sure. Um, that is up to ESPN if they're going to actually do a. Six o'clock game or a six thirty game, so that's up to the producers of ESPN and, and seeing what they're going to do next week after uh, this week's uh, games for this weekend's college football games as well. So they they don't know if they're leaning on a six o'clock kick or a six thirty kick as well. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see if the uh, where, what time Auburn plays after this weekend. What any other thoughts on college football this weekend, James? Um, yeah, I actually, I was looking at Alabama and Mississippi State, and I, I mean, that was a, that was a really tough game that Mississippi State actually lost to Alabama. I, I had Alabama, I mean, I had Mississippi State, Mississippi State favored to win that game, but I lost that as well. But I think Alabama, um, they have their bye week this week, so I don't. No, no, I think that they play. Um, I think they play Mississippi State again. I'm not quite sure. No, they uh, they're actually at Texas A&M this week. Okay, so they will be playing uh, Texas A&M. So I have Texas A&M favored to beat Alabama as well because I think with Texas A&M, I'm looking at um, I'm looking at this game as more of like a friendly rivalry between. Alabama and Texas A&M, so I think Texas A&M is going to win this one. And um, you know, they, when when any SEC team goes into Kyle Field, 
I can, I mean, for us as Auburn, we went up there last week and we lost and, um, you know, it, it, it was a tough loss as well. Yeah, it was a pretty tough loss for the Tigers, but uh should be a good game on Saturday down in College Station between Alabama and Texas A&M. Uh, any, what else you got for us, James? Well, I'm actually going to be looking at uh, tonight's game on Monday Night Football and seeing the New York Giants playing against uh, Trayvon Reed's old team that he played for in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. If he did play for the Seattle Seahawks, I would yeah. um, love for him to you know give me one of his uh, Seattle Seahawks jerseys if he still has it as well. Yeah, uh, you'll have to reach out to him on Twitter and see, I guess. Yeah, I sure would do that as well because I do have uh, the Seattle Seahawks actually winning this game, and it's a big, um, it, it's a big prize that I'm actually um, putting in. I've actually put in a, a hundred dollars for this game, so oh. I'm hoping I would actually win that one as well. And uh, turn that hundred dollars in to two hundred as well. If if um, if things don't, you know, if if the if the odds don't change between now and up to kickoff as well. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be something. We're rooting for you to 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 win that matchup there, James. Well, your Cowboys, James, they got the best of my New England Patriots yesterday. Yes, as well because I was um, I was watching that game and. Uh, I was like, I, I was just like, I'm hoping that you won't be mad at me. And I, I'm just, I, I was like, I'm hoping he's not going to be mad at me on Monday. I'm hoping. And it was like, I, I don't want to do you like that because you're, you're like one of my best friends. And I, I really didn't want to, you know, see my Cowboys actually lose this one. But it, it's, it, it's going to be something that we might actually meet up in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs as well. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad at you, James. I, I I appreciate that. I don't know if the Patriots will make it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, they didn't look good yesterday. They haven't looked good really all year long. So, uh, but big win for the Cowboys there, defending home turf against the New England Patriots. And now y'all got uh, a big game on Sunday Night Football next week against the San Francisco 49ers. You ready for that one? Yes, we are. I am indeed ready for that one. And this is a rematch from the wild card division as well, because we did play them in the wild card division. And I think this time with Dak Prescott being um, like himself, I'm going to just probably see how he's going to do this coming up weekend and actually seeing if we're, if we're going to get over, uh, if we're actually going to get over that losing hump from last few years back when we played against the 49ers in the wild card division and i'm i'm just keeping my hopes up for my dallas cowboys to actually make it to the super bowl because i'm i am all about the super bowl i've been hosting super bowls ever since and i am i am just out flat tired of hosting so many super bowl watch parties at my parents house with my family i've hosted uh so many super bowls i've done the atlanta falcons i've done the tampa bay buccaneers I've done uh, watch parties for Kansas City, and now it's time for my Dallas Cowboys to make a to make a Super Bowl run as well. So I'm just, you know, I, I've I've hosted so many Super Bowls with other teams and trying to pick other teams to win the Super Bowl. But I mean, come on, NFL, they got to give my team a chance. Come on, they had to give my Dallas Cowboys a chance to make it to the Super Bowl, and and. Every time I turn on first take, I just don't like what uh, Stephen A. Smith is talking about my Super Bowl, uh, about my Dallas Cowboys. I know he he's always talking about that the Cowboys are going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I mean, come on, man. It, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're, they're not going to be, you know, like the, like the Philadelphia Eagles when they played against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I, I don't see Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl or any other team going to the Super Bowl. This is Cowboys' year of making it to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, maybe we'll see those Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl this year. James, what was it like to see uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott back at Cowboys Stadium but facing the Cowboys yesterday? Um, That really, right there, that really hurt me as well because he was one of my favorite Cowboys uh, players that I actually put on my roster for so many, many years. And when he played against his former team, that really hurt because, I mean, he should have stayed with the Cowboys, but I, I just, I, I feel like, you know, my heart was broken. It was, it, it, it just, I, I knew what happened, you know, during the off season when I heard about Ezekiel Elliott uh, trading from the Cowboys to the New England Patriots and, I just I'm not gonna put him in my in my fantasy roster this week. I'm 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 not gonna pick him this weekend. Well, you know, uh, Jerry Jones had a had a nice little uh, video for him play there at the at Cowboy Stadium yesterday. So uh, they, they I, I think all, a lot of Cowboy fans miss him being on that uh, that roster. But uh, what else you got for us today, James? Well, over the weekend on Sunday, I was watching uh, the Talladega race and I actually won that race on Sunday as well because I had uh, Ryan Blaney and he actually came and won uh, the race on uh, Sunday so that's a really good thing as well so I'm actually looking forward to uh, this weekend's race when they actually play in Charlotte I mean when they race in Charlotte as well so that's their next race uh, coming up this uh, weekend as well. Yeah, big race up there in Talladega this weekend. Uh, second race of the year at Talladega. Ryan Blaney did win that race. William Byron second. Denny Hamlin third. Corey LaJoy in fourth. And Austin Sendrick in fifth. So a good uh, good start, uh, good five there to end the race. And yeah, like you said, uh, James, Bank of America Roval 400 at the Charlotte Roval course uh, coming up here this weekend as they continue their playoffs. That should be a really, really exciting race. You got anything else for us before I have to let you go today, James? Um, the only thing that I actually have is with the WNBA uh, playoffs is actually coming to an end um, last week. I mean, yesterday over the weekend, Connecticut could not win against the New York Liberty. So the New York Liberty beat the Connecticut Suns. So this is going to be a true statement test on New York with Sabrina Unescu. I'm hoping that she will hold this team out and uh, win for New York because I know they're going to be playing the tough team in the WNBA final champions of the Las Vegas Aces. So this is going to be a tough road game for them as well. And they start their first game uh, next week. They start their first game tomorrow. So um, they're actually going to, you know, give everything that uh, New York is actually looking like a New York team. And I think that New York, this will be the first time in WNBA history that the New York Liberty would win the WNBA Finals. They haven't done it in their uh, season record. I don't know um, how long that team is, but I will give you all that on tomorrow as well. But I think that the New York Liberty with Sabrina Unescu, I think they're going to win this one as well, and it's going to be a good one as 
well tomorrow. Yeah, that should be a really good series in the WNBA Finals between the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty. Uh, well, we, we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow then, James. We look forward to getting that information from you. All right, sounds good. And I'll uh, talk about the, in, the uh, Major League uh, playoffs and uh, seeing who's going to make it to the World Series. And I do have some uh, NBA news because the NBA season is going to start uh, sometime real soon. So I would uh, keep up with a lot of um, uh, NBA media day uh, news for you all guys, and I'll share that with you all tomorrow as well. All right, so we'll we'll get to uh, some NBA news and MLB predictions for James tomorrow. That sounds great. We'll talk to you then. All right, sounds good, and I'll probably see what I have in my uh, trivia treasure chest for tomorrow as well, because I was going to um, send that to you all on Twitter, but I don't know if, um, if y'all's uh, Twitter feed is down as well. No, our Twitter's fine, so go ahead. you go ahead and uh, send that to us on Twitter, and we'll be able to uh, you dig down in that treasure chest and, and find out what, tr- what trivia you can find, and then send it to us on Twitter, and we'll have it ready for you. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, James. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's go ahead and head to our first break of hour number two. When we come back, more sports call right after this. you want to join our conversation tweet us your thoughts on twitter at sportscallau i'm Britt bowen voice of auburn women's basketball and auburn softball you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Sports Call Podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you have any Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Join us cold Coca-Cola. Go on with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. I did not know your mic was on when I said that. I really hope it came through. <laughs> I really hope you can hear it on the podcast. Sports Call Podcast is found SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, our app, the Tiger Communications app. Rants out here, just you know, doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah, man, it's 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 a lawless land. It's when my Ryan only LaVoy. day on the show. I gotta have a little fun work. It's a lawless land when Ryan Lavoy is not here to host the show. Well, that sounds like a you problem. It is not. There's no respect around here. I <laughs> I listen here, kids and Tom, kid you and are, Tom. You're what? Two years older than me? Three yeah. years? I have the power to turn off the microphones back here. You do. So I hope you don't though. You better watch it. If you turn off my microphone, I'll leave and just go home. I won't allow that. I'll lock the door. <laughs> Sports call on a, tu- a Monday. I did that last week. I think on Tuesday I said it was on a Thursday. It's sports call on a Monday. It feels like a Monday. Uh, here, I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry. Join me in studio, Ryan Lavoy, off this afternoon. Uh, I've, I've talked about how I've got this uh, Auburn versus Georgia list of positive things that happened for Auburn. Uh, I'm going to segue this into talking about the quarterbacks a little bit um, because that's what we do is we like to talk about quarterbacks when it comes to college football teams. Uh, Peyton Thorne's 61-yard run in the first quarter was the longest of his career and the longest by an Auburn quarterback since Malik Willis did it versus Mississippi State in 2017. His long his run was 67 yards. 
Uh, and then for Robbie Ashford, his third quarter touchdown was his fifth of the season and the 12th rushing score of his career. Ashford now ranks eighth among Auburn career quarterback rushing touchdown leaders next to Cody Burns, uh, who has 14 from 2007 to 2010. And so the uh, so Ashford uh, now two behind Cody Burns for most rushing touchdowns by Auburn quarterbacks. So let's talk about those quarterbacks on the afternoon against uh, Georgia. When you look at passing, Peyton Thorne, 10 of 19 for 82 yards. His longest was 22. Uh, he was sacked three times. Robbie Ashford, one of one passing for six yards. Uh, Rushing-wise on the day, Peyton Thorne, 12 rushes for a total gain of 107 yards, net gain of 92. Uh, and then his longest, of course, the 61-yard. He averaged 7.7 yards per rush. Uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie Ashford, Four rushes for 33 yards. Uh, he had one touchdown, 8.2 yards per rush on the afternoon. I know we went into last week's game talking about maybe we see Holden Gurner coming out um, for this one. You know, it, we'd like to see it. He obviously did not get in uh, to this game. But, you know, when you when you look back at it, we talked about it to, um, to, to Steve. You know, those 10 of 19 passing for Peyton Thorne. Uh, you go back and look at the film, six of those hit a receiver's hands or they were had a chance for the receiver to make the play. Uh, so a marginally better day passing for Peyton Thorne uh, on the afternoon. But from what we you guys have said er, uh, earlier in the show, you'd still like to see something different going on here. Yeah, I look, I don't think the problem was Peyton Thorne on no. Saturday. It was it, He was certainly a problem against Texas A&M. He was not the biggest issue uh, in this game. I, I think the offensive line let him down in the first half, especially – I think his receivers let him down a little bit. There were a couple of throws. Yes, the whole like oh six of his nine incompletions hit the receiver's hands. Those would have been very tough catches. Some of them. Now the the type of catch you expect a superstar to make, but Auburn doesn't really have superstar receivers. Those were those guys were well covered. It, Thorne just put it in the very, in the right spot. Um, I think that Thorne threw a pass over the middle to Rivaldo Fairweather that was inch perfect. Showed off how good his arm can be. That was a, a first down. I think it was in the the fourth quarter that he threw that ball, but. Uh, it obviously showed that he has the talent if he can have the time and he has decent receivers. But I, I just don't know if this team is built for that kind of attack right now. Uh, I, the, obviously, like I said, the offensive line cannot pass block consistently, and they're very good run blocking. So it's not anything against Peyton Thorne. It's, it's against how the makeup of this team has been shaped over the past three seasons. Uh, this guy... This guy just doesn't do well what you need done well right now. And if they do go forward sticking with Thorne, uh, I would I would have been very skeptical after the A&M game. After this one, I understand if that's what they want to do because I do think it offers more balance, quote-unquote, uh, as far as you know, we have the threat of the passing attack, which if you have a throwing quarterback but you have an offensive line that can't pass block and wide receivers that can't catch that consistently, then you don't have a passing attack. So I... I don't know. I don't know. I'm much less bullish on start Robbie Ashford than I was last week, but I still think that going forward that might be the better move. So I, I'm I'm on the fence right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, once again, I mean, I, I, not a whole lot more I can add to that. Uh, yeah, the, the passing game is not just strictly a quarterback issue. Mm -hmm. uh, wide receivers have to be able to find ways to get open. They're not doing that a lot of the times. And then when the ball gets thrown to them, you got to catch it. Offensive line got to do better in uh, in pass pro. You know that's something that we have harped on about this Auburn football team for the last several years. And until they can 
really start getting some of those recruits in here, some of the blue chip offensive linemen, it's going to be a problem. So uh, there are times – it's just mainly with the offensive line, it's inconsistency because there are times that they look good and there's and give a nice pocket. Uh, but you kind of get in one of those situations, you get gunshot at quarterback when – you have an inconsistent line because you're not really sure. Are you getting a good pocket or is it about to fall apart on you? So there's that. And then uh, he not as bad this week, but, you know, still, you know, with uh, Peyton Thorne or whoever's at quarterback, you know, when you do have the guys open, you got to hit them. So it's kind of a combination of all of it. And then let's throw offensive coaching uh, and, and Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze to an extent. So, I mean, he's not the one calling the plays, but he's part of the game plan. Uh those guys have to do a better job finding the strengths of this team and utilizing the strengths of this team, uh, making adjustments wherever they need to be adjusted, and, and go with it like that. And that's why I'm wondering uh, what we may see after this off week, whether it becomes Robbie Ashford's team and they become more of a run-pass option uh, type thing where you're going to get more of that running quarterback uh, and you throw it just when you need to. I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily a fan of that, but if that's the strength of your team, then that's what you have to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, the passing game right now is bad, but it's it's definitely not all on Peyton Thorne. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around the entire offensive, uh, the staff, the the you know the philosophy, the just really everything about it. It just feels like you're kind of dead in the water. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line before we continue our offensive conversation here, and we'll head up to Real Town. It's Lee joining us. Lee, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, man. How y'all, how y'all guys doing? Doing great. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I just want to lay my comment down about the game. I watched it. And I, w- I normally record them. I didn't get a chance to record them at, uh, this time, but uh, now on the – all the problem I've seen on the, you know, with the uh, defense, okay, we missed about two or three third downs, third and 11, okay, you know. When it got late in the game, I was hoping that we would have ran some type of blitz, mm-hmm. uh, some type of stun or something. Because you know every time when uh, the quarterback dropped back to Georgia, every time he dropped back, he sit there and stand there. He stands for at least about three seconds, if not longer. So if you give a quarterback three seconds or more, what, you, what is he going to do? He's going to find somebody. Yeah, somebody's going to get open. Now that, that's the only thing I see that, that I, I was hoping that we ran more stunts and on that defense because that quarterback he was getting he was getting too much time back in the pocket. But hey, but Bob, hey, is his name Bob Bowden? Bowers. 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 Brock, Brock Bowers. He's an athlete, man. He, I'm going to yeah. tell you something. He's one. He's one of the greats, man. You know, I mean, I haven't seen one like that in a long time, but. But that's but yeah, that's my opinion on the defense. I, I feel like we had a blitz more on third down in situations where we need to stop that, that especially on that third and eleven. I said, man, but I, I one thing I saw was just four men, uh, uh, four men rush. So I stick it in. I said, okay, we probably they gonna get they gonna probably pull through this one. Yeah, one one of the problems you run into though is when you do have a tight end of the nature of Brock Bowers. A lot of times that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily prevent you from blitzing, but you have to be really, really careful on, on blitzing somebody uh, when you have that guy because you definitely don't want to vacate where he's going to be. So, I mean, you can blitz in it, but, I mean, you are you really have to be cautious what you're doing when you have just a really, really good pass-catching tight end like that. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that, that, that do make sense. But, I mean, you know, I was actually I was I was looking at the fact, you know, I mean, if they if they can complete a pass with what you got only four men rushing, so you got extra men in the back. If they can complete a pass with you just got only four men rushing the rushing the, the pass. Okay, if they can complete a uh, if they can complete a pass, well, hey, <laughs> what you got to lose? You got, they're gonna complete it anyway. So I mean, I'm just gonna send me some stunts in there, man. I'm gonna go down fighting. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else that I, I that I paid attention to as well. Uh, I guess it was about six or five minutes in the game when we had they uh, we was a fourth down and about two a uh, one yard on the forty nine yard line. I was hoping they went for it because I said to myself, I said, well, Georgia, when they get the ball again, they going they gonna move the ball. They gonna probably gonna score, and that's exactly what they did. I told my son, I said. I said, you know, I believe I'll gamble on this one right here. I said, we don't have a six minute left. I said, I think I'll probably gamble on this fourth down in two or one. But they hadn't made that in about three tries, so I guess two three might have did the right you know, did might have did the right thing on that on that uh, session there. Yeah, there so was Go ahead. Yeah, that's all I got. I think we're gonna get your take on that, you know, on that. I figured probably they had a blitz stunt and uh and if they had a, you know, took a chance on that last six minute and just tried to go for it. But what was going to happen probably going to happen. But okay, I'll let y'all, I'll let y'all take on that. And I uh, appreciate you talking with y'all, guys. Awesome. Thanks so much for that call, Lee. That was Lee from Realtown joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Lee, give us a call back sometime. Uh, we'd love to talk to you more on Sports Call. Great, yeah, what I, you I, say? I think Lee makes a, a really good point, and it's something we haven't talked about a whole lot. Auburn's pass rush is just not very good right now. I, I think um, it's by far the weakest part of the defense. It's it's helped because you do have a really strong secondary. Um, and But to Tom's point of, well, you can't just blitz every time because a good quarterback's going to find it, there was one play where Auburn blitzed Eugene Asante straight up the middle. He came through untouched, and he cut Beck, uh, Carson Beck in half pretty much. But Beck got rid of the ball before he threw it, threw it to where Eugene Asante had just vacated, and Georgia got a first down out of it. So there, there is a risk-reward no. that you take with blitzing. But yeah, I... I was kind of disappointed with the lack of blitzing in those moments. I, I think uh, on on Georgia's last drive, or uh, really in the fourth quarter, they converted a ton of third and medium to long. And I think that Auburn's lack of a pass rush was one of the big reasons. And if you do send an extra guy, I don't think you have to send more than four, but I do think you have to disguise which four you're going to send. And that's something we've seen Ron Roberts do. You walk up seven guys on the line of scrimmage and you bail out three or four of those guys and then you know confusing the offensive line is better than overwhelming the offensive line sometimes especially when the guys that you drop back are not the quickest guys on the line and you have a a, a fat offensive lineman trying to block a very very thin and fast defensive back so I think that moving forward I I would like to see more blitzes in those moments and that's something that we've seen Ron Roberts do he knows when to dial up a blitz and he's not afraid to do it but I think that the lack of some of that on those third and mediums to longs in the fourth fourth quarter is part of the reason that Auburn lost. Yeah, and, and you know, like I said, kind of going back to that point, uh, you know, when you whenever you have a guy of the caliber of Brock Bowers on the field, I mean, you have to account for him. And uh, you know, that was one thing just breaking down and looking at that play on the game winning touchdown. You know, you're having to put, you're having to uh, have Asante basically eyeball him until he makes the they make the cross, and then of course then Asante has to take the wide receiver because the corner now has Brock. So uh, you know, it's that type of stuff. And but then on the other side of the field, Georgia's doing stuff, uh, bringing a running back up the middle into coverage. So somebody's going to have to account for him. Well, there's another linebacker. If you're blitzing from there, then. You know, then you're gonna have the running back open right there in the middle. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it it is very much a risk reward when you have a weapon like Brock Bowers out there that 
that really kind of it, it doesn't eliminate i don't want to say it eliminates because you can still blitz in that but it becomes really really dangerous when when you're when you have to pay so much attention to a guy in that type of position it, it really really hampers your ability to do some of the things you want because it's going to leave something open right there and the last thing you want to do which you saw on that first play is it or on the uh the game winning play is it uh they drew something up that left bowers wide open so um I, but I, you know, I'm not really concerned with the defense right now. There's definitely things that can get better. I'm not; they, they are not a hundred percent. You know, whatever they, they've they've got to do a better job uh, stopping third downs, and especially where Georgia was just eating them up on the third longs. You got to be able to get off the field. You got to be able to make the crucial stops when you got to. Um, you know that this team is going to most likely not figure it out completely on offense. So it's got to be the defense is going to lead this team. And I, I feel very confident in the way this defense is playing. Um, yeah, I mean, we can point out some negatives, but, I mean, goodness gracious, it's a defense that just um, held Georgia to their lowest point total in in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they – they didn't allow into the 30s and the 40s, which I think most people thought Georgia was probably going to do. Can't really blame the defense. I mean, yeah, you can look at a couple little things and nitpick here and there, but, I mean, overall, the defense is what's saving this from being an epic disaster of a season. We'll talk more positives of the defense when we come back from this break. We'll also talk some more positives from the offense as I go through my list of positives, and then we'll get uh, – Keep talking about this Auburn-Georgia game. Big one on Saturday, this past Saturday, in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. 27-20, Auburn fell to the Georgia Bulldogs as they head into a bye week ahead of the big test on the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. We'll be back with more Sports Call right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at SportsCallAU. Like us on Facebook at SportsCallAU. Welcome back to Sports Call, Monday edition. Coming off a big college football weekend, a big football weekend in general. Had a lot of NFL stuff happen over the weekend as well. I don't know if anybody watched a uh, Sunday night football game, but Taylor Swift was there. I don't know if y'all knew. Was she? Oh my gosh. I did, no one talked about I it. Didn't, I didn't, I've never heard this. No one is know, talking about it. The NFL is definitely not leaning into it heavily. Listen, I just want to say that you know, this is. You I know think what? it's fine. I this, think it's fine. I I've said me, before. I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan. I think leaning into it is fine. It's what? a marketing ploy, and it's a darn good one. I, I think it, I think it was more interesting the fact that uh, his mom was earlier at the Eagles game sitting next to Jake from State Farm. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Forgot about that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Which box do you think is better to sit in, Jake from State Farm or Ryan Reynolds? Because that's who was also in Taylor oh, Swift. Yeah. Well, Taylor Swift and Hugh Jack. She brought Hugh Jackman and uh, 
Ryan Reynolds and a bunch of folks. So, it's uh, but it, yeah, it was like star-studded. It was thing and, in there, and you know, I, I saw. A, I, we'll get back to Auburn in just a moment, but I, I saw a clip where she was standing like underneath the stadium, and you know, the NFL media is over there standing. Right. And she's like, "It's so quiet in here because like paparazzi are always, you know, Taylor, uh, look over here, look over here, taking pictures. NFL media are just are are just sitting there." You know, we'll take a few pictures. We're waiting right. for the players to come in, but here's a few pictures to you know get our get our clicks up. So it was a it was a uh, interesting game last night between those two. The Jets uh, made it uh, a lot closer than um, than what a lot of people thought it was going to be. I think are, are we going to do an impromptu <laughs> taste an impromptu test? Taste test here. We're 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 getting close to the end of hour number two. Our our general manager uh, Brooke Myers. You can also hear her afternoons. I don't know. Like, are we competing? Because you're on in the <laughs> afternoons, Brooke. I, I don't know if we're... Are we competing? Yeah, you're my competition. Okay. That's why I came over here, just to like... Mess you with know, us? Mess, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's throw throw off our rhythm. Brooke. The Brooke Show. Yeah. 99.9K. Yeah. Afternoon, 70s, 80s, whatever. T- t- tune in. Most but I had a minute, so I thought I would let y'all try my new drink. It's your new drink? So, yeah. so do, am I going to have to call an Uber home after I drink this? No. Or am I going to be it, good? It is a <laughs> ultimate hydration drink. Ultimate hydration. Uh-huh. I I will confess. I've already had this. I think it's pretty good. Do you? You've already had this flavor. Uh, is it this flavor? It's tropical. Yes, I have already had this flavor. I do like that. Yeah. Wacky That's, Monday. I mean it. It's it's got a subtle. It's not like overpowering flavor like some of the Gatorades. Like some it's of, more of a propel. Yeah. I feel like. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it tastes yeah. similar to tastes uh, similar to the. Uh, uh, they what do they call it? Like liquid IV that comes in the yeah middle? yeah, yeah. kind of liquid IV ish. It's kind of I compared a, it to, uh, to got body armor earlier. I think it's a little bit better. It, than it's body sweeter. Armor. It's sweeter than body armor, but it's kind of got that little zing to it that the uh, yeah. that the liquid IV drinks have. This is called A Game. A Game. A game. Okay, that's oh, yeah. um. I think we it's, discussed it. It's, it's uh, Johnny Damon's drink. Johnny Damon's drink. Okay. From baseball player. Yeah. So it's probably one of those after a long night at Fat Daddy's that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> We've got a we got a few packs here, Tom. If you oh, want to, okay. we do have up. several packs. You want to stock up? That's good. I like that. Oh, I did like that. It is really good. It it's not it's it's like it it's not overpower. It's not something you're gonna grab and then you're just gonna drink like oh this is you know I'm just gonna drink like you know people drink Gatorade all the time like this is stuff yeah, that yeah. you're like you actually need hydration for. It has sea salt. Okay. It has eight essential vitamins. All right. It Which has eight. <laughs> okay. I, I don't. I don't have my progressive Which on. Eight? All right. Which I, I, it says it here, but right. I, 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 I have my my single visions on, right. so I can't. I'm old. Uh, honey for natural flavor and Ooh, energy. I love honey. Uh, natural flavor sweeteners made with pure Icelandic glacier water. That's what I'm tasting. Hey. Icelandic glacier water. Yeah. Well, because you've gone and licked a bunch of <laughs> glaciers in Iceland. Yeah, didn't you know that was a honeymoon? <laughs> okay. You know when you, you go out. He married Bjork. He yeah. uh. <laughs> you know you go outside and you stick your tongue on a flagpole. Brooks did that, but he did it in Antarctica. Yeah. No, it's Iceland. Iceland. Different Iceland, side. I'm sorry. Different I'm side. sorry. It's Iceland. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> different edges of the, of the globe. That was good. That was a segment. A game. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I like. I think you could find those in um, in a TK's convenience stores. Is you okay. can find those. Right. That's really good. Uh, anyway, 
So that was fun. Uh, listen to Brooke's show, The Brooke Show, over on 99.9 KFM on the week, uh, weekdays, 2 to 6. She wasn't just saying 80s, 90s, or whatever. That was the tagline. That's the tagline yeah. for the for the uh, the station. Yeah. So that's it's great. That's how she markets her show. It's, it's 70s, it's 80s, great. and whatever. It is great. Um, anyway, also, uh, she walked out now, but uh, Stevie Nicks has a Barbie now. Did y'all know that? I did not know that. Stevie Nicks is a Barbie doll, and it's already sold out. Pre-orders have already sold out for it. That makes sense. Um, let's get back to Florida, or Florida and Georgia. Let's get back to Auburn and Georgia. Brooks is going back to his list of positives. I'm going back to my list of positives because uh, I'd like to continue this. Uh, back to the offensive side. We'll get back to the defense in a moment. Uh, let's talk about the rushing game on Saturday. Jarquez Hunter scored his second rushing touchdown of the season in the 12th of his career. Also, Jarquez is now the 36th among Auburn career rushers. He's got 1,465 total yard or rushing yards in his career at Auburn, passing Monk Gafford, uh, who, who had 1,414 yards from 1940 to 1942. He is now, the next three coming up at the pass is Cam Newton at 1473 in 2010, Tommy Lorino, uh, 1486 in 1956 to 1958, and Cam Petway. Uh, 1529 from 2015 to 2017. So Jarquez Hunter uh, what a continue, guy. continues to rise on the list of career rushers at Auburn. Like I said, he passed Monk Gafford with 1,465 yards now, uh, less than 10 away from passing Cam Newton as a career rusher. I think my Auburn. favorite my favorite thing about Cam Petway is what, what a coaching job that was mm. because Cam Petway came into that season as the backup fullback and wound up being the leading rusher in the SEC. <laughs> I mean, in 2016, that was a that was an incredible coaching job by Tim Horton and Gus Malzahn and, and that whole crew. Was, so it was just a lot of fun to watch. They, and he was very big. He was very big. And the the thing is, there was one particular run, and it was against either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. He broke off a very long run that could have been a touchdown. Uh, but he breaks into the open field, and it's one of those like you see him look to his left. And he sees a safety, and instead of keeping to the right and trying to beat the safety to the pylon or whatever, he, it's like he looks to the left, turns his shoulders, and runs right at the safety and runs him over. It was like <laughs> he was like looking to run somebody over. Yep. He could have easily just kept course of where he's going, but I mean, it's like you physically watched his head turn, see safety, and go. I'm about to hit you, <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. God, um, that way, what a guy! I, I mean, oh, yeah, what a dude. So last couple minutes he, here. He oh, had a he had a a run against Arkansas. I remember it was like a five yard <laughs> touchdown, but it, shades of Ronnie Brown against Tennessee. Just I don't think he knocked the helmet off, but everything else was pretty much the same. Just it, uh, about killed a man. Anyway, enough reminiscing about a very mediocre Auburn season. <laughs> Go no. ahead, Brooks. All right. Well, we had just a couple they, minutes. They played in the Sugar Bowl that year, for what it's worth. I was part of that team. Yeah, you were. Uh, Twenty. Uh, let's let's con- wrap up the hour Is here. Cam Petway in big in person as he looked on TV yes. and on the field. He's, he's a yes. big, big old guy. <laughs> last couple minutes before we get out of here, I want to get you guys' comments on the rushing game this past week. And Peyton Thorne, twelve rushes, ninety-two yards. Jarquez Hunter, nineteen rushes, fifty-nine yards, and a touchdown. Brian Batie, eight rushes for thirty-five yards, and Robbie Ashford, four rushes for thirty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, Peyton Thorne averaged 7.7 yards per carry. Jarquez, 3.1. Brian Batie, 4.4. And Robbie Ashford, 8.2 per carry. Uh, you know, my thing is, I because you're going to have to lean on this run game, I want to see more. Um, it was okay, uh, a net of 219 yards on the ground. That's not bad. But, I mean, Peyton Thorne, 
is your leading rusher. He's not supposed to be a running quarterback. <laughs> he is supposed to be the guy in there that is going to lead you on the ground or in the uh, air. And Jarquez Hunter and Batty and Cobb and obviously Austin uh, is no longer a factor due to an injury, unfortunately. But Thorne's not supposed to be your leading rusher. To be fair, 61 yards was on one on carry. On one carry, so I know. Yeah, if you take exactly. that one carry away... He's, sure. He's doing what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, but then, then, your, but then again, your rushing stats hurt a lot if you take away the biggest true. play of the game. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you've got to have even more out of Jarquez Hunter. If you're going to be a running team, you have to have more out of Jarquez. I mean, I get it. Okay, 59 yards. He averaged three three uh, carry. Uh, Batty averaged four a carry. Okay, cool. If you're going to be a running team, you have to be better than that. You have to do more. You have to be more productive. Again, you got to be more productive on third down, especially if you're in a third and a running situation where you can actually run on a third down. Mm. You've got to be able to get those yards. You've got to be able to do that. Um, I, you know, I, I don't. It makes me icky, uncomfortable when Peyton Thorne, who is supposed to be your passing quarterback, is your leading rusher. That that makes me feel gross. Like Jarquez Hunter needs to be your leading rusher with like 115 yards. That that's ideal. I look at these stats and I'm like, oh, Peyton Thorne is our leading rusher. Ooh, <laughs> ah, gross. Why the the Peyton Thorne as a runner thing is very interesting to me because he's shown like he can in, do it. in sure. open space. He is very fast. Like sure. the dude, the dude can run in a straight line as well as anybody. He cannot break tackles and no. he cannot move side to side. It's so weird. I've never seen a guy look so uncomfortable in a pocket. Or not, not even a pocket, but in kind of like, he's he's so fast, but he cannot escape at all. There is there's zero athleticism for a guy who can move really well in a straight line. Um, but yeah, it, it, you don't really care where the yards come from as long sure. as you get them. But your leading running back is averaging three yards a carry. That's not quite good enough. Uh, and I think I think that while Auburn did run the ball well, uh, and Jarquez Hunter had probably the best run of the game, if not the longest run. Then, yeah, uh, the, the running game is is the strength. It's still not where it needs to be. Auburn looking to improve the running game in the off week, uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, also trying to get better with those wide receivers. We won't talk about the receiving game as much as we, we kind of cover that with the, with the uh, quarterbacks. But we will now go to our second hour break. Uh, when we come back at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, you are 5 at 5. Uh, Brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. And we'll talk about that Auburn defense when we come back to lead off our number three. I'm Brooke Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me here. Brooke Myers, our resident DJ over on K- 99.9 KFM, also our general manager, uh, joined us there for a brief moment. And uh, we will be back for a third and final hour. Jam-packed, lots of fun right after this. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. 
To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour on a Monday coming at you live here from Auburn, Alabama. I am Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Join me in studio. I'm sitting in for Ryan Lavoy this afternoon. He'll be back with you tomorrow for a new edition of Sports Call, Tuesday edition of Sports Call. Tom will also be back, and I'll be back. So two of us three folks in the studio will be back. Brant won't be here, and we will miss him dearly. Yeah, it's my last one. It is your last yeah, it's one. It's my last week. one. Uh, so uh, we will uh, we'll get your thoughts coming up here on the bye week, Brant, as we go uh, head toward Auburn football's bye week and heading into uh, off of a Deep South Oldest Rivalry weekend. It is the top of the hour. It's the top of the 5 o'clock hour, which means it's time for the Sports Call 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. Make sure you check them out at selandgroup.com. Uh, land is always a sound financial decision for an investment. Make sure you check them out, selandgroup.com. We'll do our sports call five at five today. Is I'm going to continue our UGA positives this week uh, for here, uh, and we're going to go to the defense and special teams for this, and we'll start out with... Number one. Number one, Jalen Simpson recorded his fourth interception of the season and his seventh of his career. Number two. Number two, Jalen McLeod recovered his first fumble at Auburn in the second of his career. Number three. Number three, Marcus Harris forced the first fumble of his Auburn career. Harris also passed the 100 career tackles mark. 29 of those came while he was at Kansas. Number four. Number four, Cam Riley also passed the 100 career tackles mark. And number five. We're going to combine these two for number five. It's the special teams. Oscar Chapman's 71-yard punt was a career long. His previous was 67 versus Northwestern in 2020. It's tied for the third longest punt in Auburn history, and it's the longest punt since 2006. That was Cody Bliss versus Tulane. And, of course, Alex McPherson has now made 11 consecutive field goals. That's your sports call. Five at five, brought to you by our friends who are at Southeastern Land Group. Guys, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but thoughts on the defense from Saturday? Yeah, I mean... I, I, I just I don't have any real issues with the defense. Obviously, there's a couple plays here and there. Uh, obviously, you know you would have liked to have seen something better on that uh, that play to Brock Bowers. Uh, you would have liked to have seen them figure out something to stop Brock Bowers there in the fourth quarter. But he's one of the best players in the country. So uh, you know it is what it is. Overall, I just you just don't have a problem with the defense because as bad as the offense has been i mean the defense is what is saving you right now uh, and they're forcing turnovers um we've seen that all year um and it has led to either some defensive scores like we saw against texas a&m has led to some short fields which has allowed the offense to actually be able to do something and not have to drive the entire length of a field so I, I i don't have a problem with the defense there are definitely things that you need to get better at the pass rush uh, especially if you're having to rush four, you'd love to be able to see them get a little bit more push uh, from the defensive line. Uh, but it's also a defensive line that we understood was going to have some issues from the beginning of the season. I think that they've still played fine. Uh, like I said, I, I I just I really find a hard time, other than just nitpicking some little things, I really have a hard time just getting down on the defense right now. I, f- I feel like they've done a – uh, a, a very remarkable job considering that they are also limited talent wise uh, due to graduation and due to people leaving, transferring. Uh, 
you know, on a, you know, I, the recruiting with Malzahn on the defensive side was perfectly fine. Uh, the recruiting offensive side was an issue. Uh, but then, of course, Harson comes in and doesn't really recruit anything. So you're still behind the eight ball on defense, but you're still playing, uh, I, I would say, above their head maybe even. Um, and I really, I really like what Ron Roberts has done with them and, and the kind of the system, the, the style that they play. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, other, like I said, other than kind of nitpicking some small little things, uh, you really can't get too down on them. Yeah, I think the thing that uh, you need to talk about the most, and I may have said this at the top of the show, I can't remember, honestly, but you just lost. repeat yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's a three-hour show. People are coming and going. Yeah. Um, Owen Papo's gone. He's a multi-year starter. Colby Wooden's gone. Multi-year starter. Eculiota's gone. Kind of a one-year starter, but certainly a multi-year contributor. And uh, Derek Hall's gone, multi-year starter. You lost four of the best. You lost probably your four best players in the front seven this year. And the fact that the defense is still holding its own, you lost your four best non-secondary players, I think that's super impressive. I I think that the way that the defense has handled itself with the fact that, yes, the talent is not exactly where you wanted it to be, I think is super impressive. Ron Roberts is getting my... Assistant, co- my my coach of the year at Auburn award. If I can hand out such a thing, uh, what is this? Five games into a season, yeah, five games into a season, um, and we're we're about at the halfway mark. And I've been really impressed with the offense, despite the fact that you don't have a, a super good pass rusher. That you have one really good defensive lineman, and then a couple of just okay guys. That you're starting some guys at linebacker that were not here last year. The secondary was impressive. We knew that the secondary had a chance to be really good this year. Um, Jalen Simpson might be the best player on this team, honestly. Uh, the the way he has transitioned from corner to safety has done absolute wonders for him. And I, I'm super impressed with, with the way that he's playing. But I think the entire secondary has played pretty well to this point. Now, you haven't faced a passing attack that is just dominant. And when you went up against Texas A&M, you gave up some stuff through the air to some really talented players. And I'm wondering if that's sustainable moving forward. But to this point, the secondary has played well enough to keep Auburn in games. And so has the rest of the defense. I've been really impressed with the defense. And uh, I think that Ron Roberts is doing a great job. 334-887-341 locally or toll free one 888 is how you can give us a call and get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We will go back to that orthopedic clinic phone line in just a moment. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that orthopedic clinic phone line. The orthopedic clinic has been serving the people, the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at the orthopedic or the orthoclinic.com. Easy for, for you more, to say. Was, easy for me to say. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, we go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line now, and it is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn in Casita. Matt, how are you doing on a Monday? What's up? Bridge. Hey, buddy. Tom. What's up? <laughs> hey, Tom, you're following me lost. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. So you had $100 each. Oh, darn. All right. That'll be helpful. Hey, hey, hey listen, buddy. Um, did uh, Gordon, Steve, and uh, Jeff Jones have any trivia questions? They did. You can go back and listen to it on the podcast. Okay, what was the answer? The answer to it, the last time Auburn beat Georgia at Jordan-Hare Stadium was in uh, 2019. No, 20, uh, 2017. Yeah. The last time Auburn Georgia beat Auburn in Georgia was last year, 2022. 
No, last time Auburn beat Georgia was night. It was when Nick Marshall was quarterback. No, it was uh, Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham, yeah. Uh, okay, we also beat him. We also beat him with Nick Marshall too. We did. Uh, did they say who the coach was? Uh, the coaches and uh, last time Auburn won was Gus Malzahn. Okay, and then who was the coach when we lost against Georgia? Uh, Brian Harson. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. Do you think Auburn should like uh, gone for our field goal and made it thirteen ten instead of going fourth and down for on run the ball? I I didn't think so. I I was comfortable with the decision made. I had problems with the play call, the plays that were called in that situation, but I had no problem with the decision to leave the offense on the field and try to score a touchdown. I I I'm I'm one of those that differs. I uh, the play call that was called was terrible. Uh, I thought, but I don't know. I'm kind of one of those in that situation. I'm like, man, this is going to be one of those games. Like, get the points that you can. I know the analytics is what uh, Hugh Freeze pointed to. The analytics say to go for it, but man, I'm just like that kind of right there. It's like mm, just get the points. You, you've got confidence in your field goal kicker. Just go ahead and get the three on there, and just not even put it at risk. I mean, get the points when you can get them in a game that's going to be like it's going to be. Brooke, what do you think about it? Um, you know, when when you look at how it's said and done. It, the, if you kick the field goal there, it still it ends up what twenty seven twenty three is the final score if it, if everything else goes the same way. And so I don't mind going for going on fourth down. I wouldn't have also minded taking the points, um, but I, I think that pick a side I, I, overall. You know, I don't know if it would have made a big difference if you kicked that field goal. Uh, if if everything else goes the same way. Well, like, like I was saying, like we like uh, we should have played Brown. We should have played. We should have played Gardner or Brown. Well, I mean, you, you look at the stats, Peyton Thorne didn't do terrible. I mean, you, you uh, 10 of 19 and six of those incompletions, uh, the wide receiver had a chance to catch the football. Well, the question, another question for you guys, do you guys think we still have a chance of beating St. LSU, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss? I, uh, You've always got a chance. You're going to go out there and play the game. Yeah. you got a chance to win it. But I, I'm not going to predict that Auburn wins anything other than Mississippi State and Vanderbilt in the SEC. Well, hey, what, hey, like uh, in the game for Texas A&M and Bama, uh, how many points is Texas A&M favored to win by? How many points are they favored? I, I don't know. Uh, it may be um, maybe the other way around. It t- uh, Alabama may be favored over Texas A&M right now. I have to pull that up. It is. It is. I do not know the line. Alabama is favored by two and a half right now. Okay. Well, I'm going with the score that Georgia is. Um, but I'm going to go up four four points. I'm saying Texas 43. Uh, Bama 27-43-27. You think Texas A&M gets the win uh, on Saturday? All right, we'll keep we'll write that down. And then and then see Kentucky's playing in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, is Georgia favored in that game? Georgia is favored by fourteen. Uh, I got Georgia thirty-four, Kentucky. 
Okay. And then LSU is playing Arkansas, right? Uh, LSU's playing Missouri at 11. And who's favorite in that game? Uh, I believe that is LSU by six. Okay. Um, I get LSU winning 38-28. All right. And then Ole Miss is playing... Ole Miss playing... Ole Miss is playing Arkansas. And Ole Miss favor? Uh, yeah, they're favored by 11. Uh, Ole Miss 32, Arkansas um, 21. All right. And uh, let's see. Any other, is Vandy playing this week? Vandy is at Florida this week. Florida is an 18-point favorite. You know what that means? You know what that means? You know what that clap was, right? Was it the Gator clap? Yep. And his favorite in that game? Uh, Florida, like I said, Florida by 18. Ooh. Florida 48, Vandy 45. Oh, close one there between those two. Well, hey, I go for the Gators. My friend's a big Gator fan. So okay. I have, I have to go for the Gators. You got to pull for them. I understand. And let's see. Uh, State playing this week? Mississippi State is uh, hosting Western Michigan this week, and Mississippi State is favored by 20. Ooh. Mississippi State 49. Who are they playing? Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Uh, 49 to... 49 to... 17. All right, all right. We got them all down. Hey, uh, have you guys heard from Sean? We have not. No, I hadn't heard from him in a long time. Well, hey, um, listen, um, I got some really, really sad news. Oh, um, no. My mom and my brother are going to a funeral Saturday. My granddaddy, my mom's dad, passed a long time ago, but he had five sisters and he was the only brother and my aunt Marie passed yesterday eleven thirty. yesterday oh well we're so sorry about that we're, we'll send prayers your way yeah and also a friend of mine that's on my baseball team is going to Lutheran to Macon um he had brain surgery yesterday and he has stitches all over his head but he's playing in a game um in Macon and so, so I just wanted to pray. Uh, you guys can pray they have a safe trip. Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys next Monday. Hey, Tom. Yes, sir. You know what? You know what I'm going to ask you. Uh, am I behaving, or is it, I'm assuming? Uh, no, it's another question. Was I, uh about Michelle? Yeah. Uh, she's not here. She's at, she's at home uh, after a long day of work. But, but she said she says hello. She listens to the show. Well, hey, did you ask her? Hey, can you get her on the show next Monday? I it, it's tough to get her on the show because she works, so she's at work while we're on the show. Well, hey, ask her if you can if you if you can pick a trivia for you to ask me next Monday, and um, I'll let her pick the topic. 
and um, then she can ask me. It could be movies, it could be country singers, or something. I'll let her pick. All right, I, I will talk to her about that hey, next time I see her. If you guys see JJ, get him on the show, and um, I've heard him asking some trivia questions. And if you guys can, if you guys can get, this is really I want to get on the show. If you guys can do this, all right. If you guys can get my man, man, Bo Jackson, on the show, and Bruce, either Bruce Pearl or Steve Pearl. I didn't ask me some trivia questions. All right, and, we'll, we'll see if we can do that. And Jane has a trivia question for me. Like I said, I'll answer it, but it's got to be it's got to be an Auburn question or a swim question. Okay. For especially for me for swimming or something like that. All right, well we'll, we'll see. All right, well hey Tom. Yes, sir. Behave, okay. We'll do it. Hey, if you guys see Cam, if you guys see Cam, tell him I said hey. We will. And hey Brent. What's up? How's your how's your other half doing? I'm single right now, Matt. I do not have another half. You have a girlfriend? No, man. Oh, I'm no I'm someone, single. Single no Pringle. Girl wants to with you? One more time. No girl wants to ride with you. No, man. I'm 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 having bad luck right now. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, you need help. You need help, Brent. I'll do my best. I'll, I'll see if I can wingman with him. Hey, I, I need a girlfriend too. All right, well, we'll see. I if we can you, man. Man. I'll, I'll wingman for both of y'all. But hey, you gotta be no, not married, no kids. All right, I, I think we, I, I can. I can do that. All right, hey, I still want to come by the show sometime and stuff like that, but and stuff. So, hey, I was at the volleyball game yesterday. You were where? At the volleyball game. Me and my dad, my mom, and my brother were at the volleyball game yesterday. No, well, Brant was there yesterday. I was. I was also in the stands. Cam was there yesterday, too. I didn't see you guys. No, uh, Brant, Brant likes to walk around a little bit, so like he, he was probably he, he was moving around a little bit, yeah, so you I didn't was. see him. I was. We, we were like not very far from Section 111. We are kind of like where the AU team shop is. Okay. Yeah, we were, we were on uh, mostly on the other side of, this, of the arena. We were Section 103, I think. Oh, okay. You'll have to let us know next time you're going to go, and maybe uh, maybe Brand will look for you. Yeah, hey, hey, hey uh, Brand, hey, at Auburn Games, if you can give me, like, a pass, I'd like to come down and maybe go into the basketball locker room. Can you do that for me? Uh, man, I don't know if I have that much pull. I can ask, but uh, uh, probably not. Well, maybe ask Bruce Pearl. Maybe give my dad a call. For sure, man. I'll do that next time I see him. All right, Warrior, guys. I'll talk to you guys next Monday. Hey, Tom, behave now, okay? Will do it. All right, Warrior, guys. Warrior, Eagle. That was Matt from Tallahassee from Casita for Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. It's tough out here, man. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> from, from me and Matt. Yeah. No luck. Well, well, you know, we used to try to get JJ hooked up all the time. I remember that. I think it's time for you. I think it's time, <laughs> to, I think it's time to switch switch gears. We've had about, what, <laughs> 10 months with JJ not being here. Right, yeah. And now it's It was uh, Jan- it was we, January, right, we, when he left. Yeah, we've had the uh we have the the, the, the grace sports, period. The sports called dating show. The grace period has gone away. It's time to to focus on Brant's love life. Yeah, man. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's take a break, reset and come back for sports call right after this.
Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Call coming to you live on a Tuesday from Auburn. I'm Brooks Childress. Tom Peavy joins me. Brant Daughtry also joins me. Hello. Auburn the single Brant Daughtry. <laughs> single yeah. Brant Daughtry. The incredibly and obviously single Brant Daughtry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll help I you. don't know if I've ever been got Brent, like that in a public forum. Brant, do you want me to go with you to downtown Auburn and, and try to help you out? Help a brother out? HBO play? <laughs> Brooks, <laughs> I feel like... Or you know what? Downtown I, I want to see you in a downtown Auburn bar. I I can't do downtown. I Auburn would love anymore. to. Okay, where where do you? I, downtown Opelika is. is where. Well, Fat that is. Downtown Opelika is really cool. Is I my, like that place a lot. That's my vibes now. Is I'm an, but an I, adult. I do enjoy downtown. Still. I I can't do downtown. The only two the only places I can do in downtown Auburn is like the Collegiate Session, Avondale, some of the like. More like sit yeah, down bars. Yeah. I can't do. I, I will say. I know you like southeastern. I just. I've, it's not my I've, vibe. Okay, I say I like southeastern. I've been in southeastern one time, but I did You've have a good a experience. Times. It was no. I've only been in there once, Brooks. Well, I you promise. Talked to me about a couple times. No, I did not, man. I've I've been in southeastern a single time. Okay. And we I have made plans to go back. The okay, reason being, I have good. a class on Tuesdays that gets out at eight p.m. So uh, me and my classmates have have gone down there one time. We want to do it again because they do uh, drink specials on Tuesdays. You see, if you could get me to a trivia night at one of these bars, I could probably handle that. We have you been to um, the tap room, the plain tap room in I downtown? Not, I have not. It's, it's really on my cool. List. It's really cool, and they have bingo on Wednesdays. Bingo. Yeah, I love bingo. My church used to bingo on Saturday nights back in Robertsville. Nice. Well, this is a bar, so it's a little bit different, but it's not really a. Bar. It's not like Southeast or Sky or Seventeen Sixteen. It's it's a it's a smaller, more condensed place like there's no loud music or anything like that in there uh oh and speaking of places downtown um the new place jack brown's that is where cheeseburger cheeseburger used to be great food um had never been in there miss cheeseburger cheeseburger on uh wednesday i went in there for the first time saturday went in there again and i went in there yesterday <laughs> so i've so it's safe so to say i've been like i've it. been to jack brown's three times i've never eaten anything more than the fries i've not I, I have not had a burger yet but it was just it's just a place where the people i was with wanted to go so I've been in Jack Brown's three times after having never been in one before uh, Wednesday afternoon. All right, then. We do bingo on Thursdays at Fat Daddy's. I do what like time? bingo. Uh, usually I start around like 7.30. Okay. Are you emceeing? Yeah, are you the No, MC? I'm bartending. Ah, okay. I bartend. I, I can't emcee the bingo and bartend. That's so. fair. <laughs> that makes sense. Margarita. It'd be, it'd, be a cool, it'd be a cool trick to pull off, though. Yeah. Margarita 36. Oh, wait. <laughs> Hey, good joke, man. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> nobody laughed. I, I did it last week. I had a I had a good joke last week at the high school coaches show, and nobody laughed. And I was mm. just like, well. Well, then how good of a joke was it? Really, it was really good. And, okay. You know, I if you say so. I I do say so. Uh, as we move on here, let's get back on. I guess some guys. Sort of topic. I, it's funny. It's funny. I swear it was. I swear I it swear. was really funny. I swear, guys. Nobody was, laughed, but like it's because they're all dumb. <laughs> I wouldn't call everybody dumb and too nice. Football <laughs> happened this it. past weekend uh, in the SEC. Before we get to our best and worst of the weekend, let's run through some of the scores from the SEC. 
Uh, number 12, Alabama took down Mississippi State on the road, 40-17. to 17. Uh, uh, Jalen Milrow threw for 164 yards, ran for 69 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, big bounce-back performance from the, the Tide. Yeah, uh, there, so there's two things that I'll say about this. First of all, I'm going to say it again. I, everybody got all down on Alabama after that loss to Texas, and, and sure, they definitely don't look like a juggernaut team. But they're not going anywhere. They're still good. They're still very talented. They're they're not done. Okay, so anybody that thought that you're silly. Second of all, Mississippi State's terrible. I mean, they're, they're just real bad. They're really really bad. Um, so yeah, it's hard to get a good gauge for you know how back is Alabama if you even want to say that. I mean, they just played a team that's worse than Auburn. Yeah, I mean Auburn's not very good. <clears throat> Um, Mississippi State's just really, really bad. And so uh, we'll know more about Alabama as, as they, their schedule gets a little bit tougher. Yeah. But, you know, you, you look at it, they came off of shutting down an Ole Miss team who put up a lot of points this, this past true. weekend. This so. is true. Hey, the, the thing is, man, it's, right now it's hard to get a read on anybody in the SEC. Uh, I mean, Missouri's undefeated. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> and and Go beat a t- Tigers beat a top fifteen team and, and, and is beating a top on on a sixty something yep. yard field goal from a kid who missed a twenty yarder yep. to beat Auburn last year. Yep. College football is really fun. Uh, Florida, yeah, I know we're going to go through the scores, but yep. you know Florida, who beat Tennessee, just got their butts absolutely blistered by Kentucky. So is Kentucky that good? Is Florida just that bad? And that was an anomaly game against Tennessee. Georgia struggles with South Carolina and, and Auburn. Bama has had their struggles. I, LSU has had their struggles. It's like, who? I mean, it is a topsy-turvy SEC already, and we're not even halfway through the season yet. Uh, Saturday night in the Grove, it was number 13 LSU visiting number 20 Ole Miss. Everybody's been looking for a signature win for Lane Kiffin. Uh, first quarter, L- or Ole Miss scored 21 to LSU 7. Fourth quarter, Ole Miss scored 21 to LSU 7. The final score was 55-49. to 49. Ole Miss upset the Tigers from the Bayou, stormed the field, climbed the goalpost. Lane Kiffin got his signature win that everybody's been looking for. And Quinshawn Judkins, who we've been looking for all year long, showed up in this game. 33 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown for yeah. the, the Rebs. Ole Miss had both 300 yards rushing and 300 yards passing in this game. And I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Uh, over a thousand combined yards between the two teams. This game was drunk from start to finish, and I loved every second yeah. of it. Uh, and, and yeah, no defense. That there was no defense really played on either side. Uh, I saw the joke that one of the hardest hits, or probably the hardest hit of the game, was the security guard <laughs> who was trying to prevent the kids from rushing the field. Let me also say this: a security guard that probably does not have that job anymore. And if I was the boss and saw the video. The guy would not have a job anywhere remotely close to being security. The dude looked like he was looking for somebody to hit. And then, of course, the one that he finds out to put an elbow into her neck and knock her down is a female. Everybody's rushing the field. What are you doing? Why are you hitting people? You're not stopping anybody. 
security dude looked like he was just looking to hit somebody, and all of a sudden he just elbows this female in the neck and knocks her on her tail. I'm like, what are you doing, man? In in his defense, she did kind of run into him, but I'm I'm with you. The dude was, uh, that dude was taking his job far too seriously. He, but she she did not have her head on a swivel. Well, yeah, but he looked like he was actively looking oh, for yeah, somebody he, to try to hit. He and was, at that he was. point, you're not stopping anybody from rushing the field. You're just trying to hit somebody. And uh, that ain't right. Would you so. say that has the indicators for targeting? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's forcible contact to the head or neck area. Uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say she was defenseless though. She's just ignorant. Was, ignorant of their launch? direction. Did he launch? No, though? he did not. No, he he planted his feet and he stood okay. there. All right, well, but he was walking forward. That was the thing. It, it looked like he was like searching out somebody yeah. to hit because he kept moving forward and was just hitting anybody that came in his vicinity. And of course. This one girl happens to get up near him, and he just put an elbow right into the side of her neck. He really did. And I was like, man. It was brutal. It was bad. Like said, that, that dude would be fired in a heartbeat. I mean, that, that was uncalled for by him. But, again, the hardest defensive play of the game was their security guard post game. Rocky Top on Saturday night, number 21, Tennessee, took down South Carolina. South Carolina now 2-3 and three on the year 1-2 and two in the SEC, 41-20. Uh, to 20. Tennessee got the win. Joe Milton, 239 yards and a touchdown, but he did throw two interceptions on the night against that South Carolina defense. Uh, but biggest thing, they lost Hooker, didn't they? Who did they lose? Who did Tennessee lose to injury? Uh, Hendon Hooker's Hendon, not there. Yeah. Not, Hendon, they yeah, lost not Hendon Hooker. Hooker at the end of last year. No, no, no. It was somebody, he was, he's not there this year. Somebody yeah. they, lo- they lost somebody that, in that game. I swear I thought I saw that. You'd know better than I did. I was uh, I was watching Notre Dame and, and uh, Duke. You're gonna make I, I also watched. I had I had the double screen going. And this uh, the LSU Ole Miss game. I was on hooked into that too. Uh, well, Tom, you do the. Uh, I'm gonna read Tennessee. Tennessee's such a weird oh, team. Brew to McCoy. Me. Okay. 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 Yep. Out for the season with a fractured ankle. So yeah, Brew McCoy. That's uh, Tennessee's such a weird team loss. to me <clears throat> because like I think they are super talented. I think they've got a good coach. And I think they should win, but like they, that game against Florida was one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then Florida goes and gets skunked by Kentucky. Like that's not a super great Kentucky team. They're okay, but that's not a really good team. And the the way that the middle of the SEC is just kind of jostling for position right now, and transitive property cannot be applied to to college football, and it never has been able to. But right now, I think the middle of the SEC is just exemplifying how we how weird and dumb. And if you're not just super excellent or just the worst team in the conference anybody can beat anybody and it's the the middle six seven eight teams are all just kind of punching each other in the face let's talk about those undefeated wildcats because they put up 16 points in the first quarter without florida getting into the end zone or scoring a point 33 to 14 was the final the kentucky wildcats 5-0 and on the year 2-0 and in the sec took down the number 22 florida gators uh, the big performance was from Ray Davis, the running back, 26 carries, 280 yards, and three touchdowns on the afternoon. Uh, the the natives in Gainesville are very, very restless right now uh, with their head coaching situation. Uh, you got to get whiplash if you're a Florida fan. I, I'm telling you. A couple you. weeks ago, they beat Tennessee. And you're like, this is great. We're yeah. you know, we're back. And then two weeks later, this is awful. Yeah. We Oh, no, we suck again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... Do, do but, that impression more, please. But do, that, 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 do that more while I'm around. That, that whiplash is is why there's a coach on a hot seat over there. They they just can't seem to put it together. They keep getting these great recruiting classes. They've got another big recruiting class building. But uh, you know the the more the more you have games like that against Kentucky, the more some of these guys might start looking elsewhere. Mm. 
Uh, and I mean, it's Florida is such a proud program to to be scuffling their feet like this. I mean, they're they're not going to have much more patience with him there, and so that's something to keep an eye on. But also, got to remember, this is not a Florida team that was expected to be good. They yeah. this was a Florida team that the expectations were pretty much at the bottom of the East along with Vanderbilt. They were going to be better than Vanderbilt, but probably at the bottom of the East because of everything they lost this year. So maybe uh, too much lofty expectations from the Gators, but I, I don't know. But they're getting very impatient with uh, – they're getting Napier, in, Billy they, Napier. Yeah, they're getting impatient with Billy Napier, and we'll see. Big battle in the Lone Star State Saturday. The Texas A&M Aggies 2-0 on the year. They sit on top of the SEC West now. 34 to 22 winners over Arkansas. Uh, Max Johnson, who came in for the injured Connor Wegman last week against Auburn, uh, started this one 210 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception for the Aggies. Yeah, it makes you wonder if uh, Jimbo and the Aggies are kind of figuring some things out. And if you're finally starting to see the blossoming of some of these huge recruiting classes that they had put together over the last couple of years, uh, it's one thing that I always talk about is there's usually a two or three year. Uh, window so uh, you, when you have a really good recruiting class usually that second or third years those guys are on campus is when they kind of blossom same thing with bad recruiting you have one terrible recruiting class and usually two or three years later it takes effect with this one some of these big ones these guys have now had a couple of years on campus and in, into that system uh maybe that's starting to take effect uh but you, you gotta wonder if maybe they're figuring things out and also the fact that max johnson was their backup and now here we go with him you know leading the way against auburn uh last week and now in this win here yeah maybe a&m's it this year maybe they've got it figured out i really hate that the bobby petrino jimbo fisher thing is not blowing up because it would have been so funny to watch but it, it, it you know it's working i didn't think there was any way it would work and so far it has worked so shame on me uh still time but you know i, I definitely did not see it working this well especially uh, and in the way it has, especially with a backup quarterback. I know Max Johnson's a super highly recruited dude, but I just I didn't expect it to work this well. But uh, the other thing that's interesting about this, there's rumblings that people are about to get sick of Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Like yeah, I, I don't. If this continues to not go well, I thought there was no way he could be fired after this year. I thought he built up enough goodwill. But if they just if they keep losing games the way they're losing games, then I don't know if I don't know if he's coming back next year. Uh, I, I still think that at least he gets one more year, unless things just turn disastrous. But next year might be a, a, a prove it year. A you better get this right or you're gone type of year. But um, the the way that Sam the goodwill of for Sam Pittman has kind of evaporated in Arkansas is interesting. And then finally, the uh, the game that not a lot of people probably paid attention to, but <laughs> they're five and zero. Oh. And they're 1-0 in the SEC. The number 23 Missouri Tigers rolled on their 38-21 win over Vanderbilt. They trailed 7-3 at the end of the first quarter, but Missouri, they're undefeated. Can't take it away from them. They've won five games already. uh, Last week, the SEC shorts that uh, always have their such funny stuff, uh, they did a whole thing about Missouri as – visiting the female who was the uh, playoffs and he's uh-huh. like trying to quarter to go on dates and everything and of course she has playoffs that has no idea who that is so it's missouri and he's <laughs> like oh you're in the sec it's like, <laughs> we've been there for all these years and you still haven't don't know that we're in the sec but it was funny but that's how it is with missouri you're undefeated uh 
yeah, I mean, we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, good for them. I, it's not going to last very long, I wouldn't imagine. To but, their, hey, to their enjoy credit, it while you can. To their credit, they have a win over a top 15 team. That can't, that They beat Kansas State yeah. in, in a really fun, exciting game. That's a look around the SEC. Fun weekend of college football in general. We'll talk more about that as the week goes on. Now it's time to hit our final break of the show when we come back. Best and worst of the weekend, as well as a nightly TV guide right after this. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back. Final segment, Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant Daughtry sits across from me. Howdy. Tom Peavy also sits there. Me and Tom will be back tomorrow with Ryan. Ryan will be back here for a new edition of Sports Call Tuesday. His Buccaneers are doing pretty well. They are. They got a win over the Saints this weekend. Oh, we didn't get to any NFL talk. We'll, yeah. we'll probably get to that later in the week. But You said Buccaneers, and I heard something different, and I was like, I don't think you can say that on the radio. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> I'm a little more careful with my words. Right. No, I, I understand it. I thought you were. I was yeah. shocked. Well, well, anyway. Anyway. But yeah, the Buccaneers, they, they beat the Saints yesterday. Saints did not look good. They, they didn't look good at all. Good. Uh, the, the, the Falcons also... Did not look road. good. Boy, uh, they don't look good right now. So, so the Buccaneers are leading that division right yeah. now. Yeah, yep. they are. The team that everybody was like, uh, they're going to be terrible and finish dead last, and Baker Mayfield is a worthless POS, and why is he a starting quarterback in the NFL? To Lord be of fair, mercy. To be fair, I think everyone kind of predicted that the NFC South, all of these teams were going to be real bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> real bad. I thought the Falcons had a had had the reason for the most optimism, but it turns out Desmond Ritter just doesn't quite have it right now. So, and the Carolina Panthers still looking for their first win of the year. Yep. So they uh, they're Bryce still... Young has looked way worse than I expected him to. I I, there's, I know there's a learning curve for rookies, especially a quarterback, but boy, he's looked bad. Having connections up there, I already know. There's already Carolina <laughs> fans that are yelling. Having connections, yeah. 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 Do I know your connections? Well, you, you well, they're connections because of that connection. Okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, but they are already yelling for for uh, changes at quarterback, and you're like, you got to give them some time, man. Well, it was uh, give them patience. Andy Dalton started game three, right? Wasn't didn't think, Young yeah. get hurt? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So as we move on, let's go to uh, what we do every single Monday. It's time for the best and worst. Now, time for the best Woo-hoo! and worst. No. No! No! Of the weekend. Let's do both at once. We'll start with Tom. Best and worst of the weekend. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to go back. My worst of the weekend, I'm going to go back to the security guard at the Ole Miss game that I was talking about. Uh, I mean, 
Uh, that was just that was uncalled for. That was dumb, and the guy should not have that job. Uh, best of the weekend, man. I you know I guess I'll go. When was the Braves' last game? When did they wrap up the season? When yesterday. Just, that was yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday was game one sixty-two. Tied the um, record for most home runs in a single season. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna go best is just the Braves wrapping up the regular season uh, with all the records that they set. Uh, you know, tied the home run record Acuna with all the records he broke. Um, uh, Olson with the records he broke. Uh, just a magical, magical regular season for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, we'll see what they do in the playoffs, but man, the the regular season was quite the run. So that was fun to watch. Uh, that was my best of the weekend. Brant, best and worst of the weekend. Uh, worst is hard for me because I had a pretty good weekend. I guess I'll go with Auburn losing to Georgia. It's never fun. Okay. I'm from Georgia. I'm a native of the state. Uh, never like to lose to Georgia, and it's happened far too often uh, over the last – what is it? Uh, Tom was looking at it earlier. Three of nine – Auburn yeah. has won only three of the last 19 meetings with Georgia, yeah. and they have not won in Athens since 2005. Yeah. So all the three wins have been here in Auburn, but yeah. Only three of the last 19. Yeah. Seven in a row. Not good enough. Certainly not good enough. Um, my best of the weekend is going to be volleyball on Sunday. That's okay. the team that knows how to beat Georgia. Um, they they did <laughs> defeat Georgia, beat them in four sets, won it three to one. Um, it played really it played really well uh, for most of the game. Uh, had some moments that were kind of shaky. Dropped the third set where they probably should have won it. But uh, I, I think that... Overall, uh, that Auburn volleyball has got a really good team. It's free. It is free for you, dear listener. Go and support Auburn volleyball because those girls are really good. They are ranked now number 25. They fell at one spot in the rankings um, uh, after getting swept by Arkansas in Fayetteville, I believe, last Wednesday. Yep. But they did beat Georgia. Um, they're going down to Florida this Friday, I think. So uh, check out Auburn volleyball because they're really, really good, and they are really, really fun. Brent Crouch is doing a great job. My best and worst of the weekend. You both started with worst. I'll start with worst, too. Um, driving. Guys, ah! listen. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. Some to, people don't there, know how to do it. There are you know, multiple times this weekend, I was, and it's because of you know, one of them. The main was because of game day traffic. Sure. It's not hard. Get in line and go. It, it's not, you know, I, there, you got the, the police officers, the, the safety personnel out there directing traffic. Know where you're going. You've done this a time or two with Auburn football games. You would think. Know where you're going. Know which way you're going. Get in that lane and go. Don't try to cut across different lanes. There's, you know, there's 15, there's 88,000 people trying to leave that stadium all at once, especially this weekend when everybody stayed almost in the last minute. Be better. Be better at driving, especially on game have days. You, have your wits let, about you. Let people in. If people are trying to merge, let people in. Don't cut across different lanes. Get in the lane and keep, you know, go. That's my worst of the weekend is drive game day drivers. We need to be better. We there. need to be better. Uh, best of the weekend, uh, football last night, specifically because of Taylor Swift. My wife has never been more enthralled in a football game, and I got to explain what mo- what pre-snap motion was, oh. and I <laughs> smiled on the inside quite a lot. I smiled on the outside, too, when I was talking about it, but I got to smile on the inside quite a bit. And listen, I know pre-snap motion, motion that occurs pre-snap. Yeah, I, I know. You know, you look at Twitter. There's so many people that are angry about uh, the coverage that Taylor Swift is is with the NFL, that NFL. You know, accounts it's, are going to Taylor a Swift. Little overboard. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. But the fact that I got to have that moment with 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 my wife, and she does not care 
anything. Like the other two weekends ago, Auburn, Texas A&M, she went to Target during the game. I'm sitting there by myself with the cat watching Auburn football. She went to Target during the game. She couldn't care less about football. All right. But I got to, she asked about why do they do that in the game when she was locked into a football game because Taylor Swift was there. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, I know, you know, it, it can get overwhelming. It's a little much, but they're bringing in a whole new fan base to the NFL that we already, we already know and love. I, I'm, I'm for it. You bring, you know, bring in new people. I, I've always said, like, as long as it's not fundamentally changing the game, I'm all about ways to expand the game. If this marketing is doing wonders for the NFL's numbers, you know that they're going to lean into it. So I definitely understand it. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, I, I think that it does go a little bit overboard. But if it draws in new viewers, it draws in new viewers. Football is a wonderful sport, and more yeah. people should like it. But yeah, so best and worst of the weekend, uh, Taylor Swift game, best of my weekend because of being able to enjoy it with, with my wife. And then worst, do better, drivers. Do better. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up the show today, it's time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Go by TK's convenience stores and pick up a variety pack of White Claw. Get your game day started right. You can uh, pick them up for the next Auburn game and have them at your tailgates. Nightly TV Guide, one thing for sports for you tonight. Uh, not a lot on tonight, but the NFL is. It is the Seahawks and the Giants from MetLife Stadium. You've got ESPN's coverage. You've got it watching on ABC. You can also watch the Manning cast on ESPN2. Uh, they've got uh, Eli and Peyton Manning have a lot of good guests tonight. Uh, you can find that list on Twitter somewhere. I, I saw it earlier, but big big game, t- uh, kind of a big game tonight. But Manning cast it always no. makes the game a little bit better. Brand, I know you were saying earlier you watch that exclusively when it's on. I, I do love the Manning cast. I don't love when they have uh, guests on because some of their guests are not very good. But just listening to Peyton and Eli Manning talk about football is Phenomenal. it's so good. Uh, movie picks for you this evening. It's it's officially spooky season, folks. It is October second. It's spooky season, so Freeform is back with their thirty one nights of Halloween. Six o'clock on Freeform. Your new your uh, movie pick for the evening for the kids. Hotel Transylvania. Uh, then six o'clock on Stars Encore. Dallas Buyers Club starring Matthew McConaughey. Seven o'clock on Paramount. Settle in for the evening because you're going to be watching this until midnight. It's Titanic. And then it's uh, eight twenty two on Cinemax. It is Evan Almighty. Starring Steve Carell, the sequel to Bruce Almighty, and that is a look at the TV guide brought to my friends. Like is that a direct Sultry. sequel? Yeah. Yes. I I never knew that. I thought they were two movies that like had the same exact idea at it the is, same time. It is a full sequel. Yeah. Because mm. uh, is Jim Carrey in no. Evan Almighty? Okay. Mm. No, it's a spin. It's kind of a sequel slash spinoff gotcha. from Bruce Almighty. That's tonight. The TV guy brought to is, my friends. Uh, like is is Morgan Sultry. Freeman God? He is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One of the great lines in that movie. Is that uh, he's is is you he, he's talking about you pray for things, but I he's like you know acting as God. He's like, I give you the opportunity to do better at these things instead of just granting you these things. And I'm like mm. I, I really like that mm. line. That's one of the best. That's lines. That's like in. for for a comedy starring Steve Carell. Yeah, very theological line. Yeah, yep. yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? Tom, yes. I'm, I'm going to ask you what have you been streaming lately? As we get out of here, I have no idea. What that even means? You don't know what streaming. No, like. I do. I don't. I don't. I don't do all that mess. I mean, sometimes you watch like uh, I, I got one Vikings or something. Yeah, but that's that's. Uh, I mean, if Michelle has pops it up on TV and says, "Hey, let's watch this," then on like Netflix or something. Yeah, but okay. I just watch. I watch the History Channel and the Discovery Channel and okay the Travel Channel, the paranormal shows, the history shows, the alien shows, the yeah. Brant, what have you been streaming like? Uh, I've, I've started rewatching Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Excellent uh, choice. 
For Brant Daughtry, for Tom Peavy, both of us will be back tomorrow. Brant won't be. I'll be in class. He will be in class. Ryan will be back tomorrow. This has been Sports Call. Quick wrap up here. We'll talk to you tomorrow.